back and you're ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. Yeah, it is nice to go to work in the morning and actually have some light. There's something to this sunlight and warm weather and not being dark and cold and miserable all the time. Yeah, you know what? I kind of like it that way. Dark, cold, and miserable. Hi, everybody. Welcome out to the Logger Room. It is Thursday, special Thursday edition. Well, it's not a special Thursday edition. It's just a delayed Wednesday Thursday edition of the Logger Room Sports Podcast. Jersey Johnny coming at you with me, as always, is none other than Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnuts. Say hello, guys. Hello, Howdy. guys. How's everybody feeling today? Well, I hear this uh, special Thursday edition is brought to you by the fine folks at Moderna. Yeah. Yeah. Courtesy of... Radio Pete's body. There you go. Yeah. Well, I tell you, uh, the uh, I'm already battling battling uh, allergies, mm-hmm. which gotcha. are bad enough. Which, strangely Shocking. enough, when I was a child, it was mucus and bleh, and now it's just headaches and pressure. I kind of wish there was more mucus. Sounds like, my, sounds like my first. Sounds like, sounds like my. Yeah, never mind. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's, it, that, that's your autobiography, right? More, mu- more mucus. More mucus. I, I kind of wish for more mucus. Yeah. <laughs> so I got that going on, and then uh, I went and got the well. The first, the first COVID shot, not so bad. Just a little headachey, kind of lethargic. Second one, I got Tuesday. Uh, afternoon, Wednesday morning, got up. I was just exhausted. It's because you got the uh, shot at the gas station on the corner. Uh, yeah, well, that was yeah, probably the mistake. That <laughs> guy said he, was, he had a white that. coat. He yeah. had a white coat and a name tag. They, it, said, it said Grease Monkey on it, but hey. Doc, Dr. Gus. So, was, um, Man, was it Manny, Mo, or Jack? Uh, it was Mo, I Mo, believe. Mo. So, yeah, so I was just exhausted uh, all day yesterday. And then um, in the afternoon, uh, just kind of get a little bit of a fever, and I had some chills going on. So I basically, I basically got in bed at four o'clock, and I slept till um, well, I don't know when we were texting, but after that, I guess I went back to sleep and uh, slept till about ten thirty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got up for about an hour, had something to eat, went back to sleep. And slept till about five in the morning, and then even earlier today, I was still exhausted. Yeah. I had to take a couple of uh, power no, naps to, no, during no. work today. There you go. No like chills little, or uh, no, you are no, a dri- you are a driver for a living. Right? Well, that's that. <laughs> I was literally at a point where I I would you know I said I got to stop and and take a ten minute nap, or I'm going to you know run through a red light. I'm going to fall asleep at a red light, or you know. So uh, falling yeah. asleep at a red light is not as bad as falling asleep before you get to the red light. So or after you get to the red light, <laughs> that's true too. Yeah, well, I always put it in park because <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have someone blasting me, you know, with their horn from behind yeah. than my foot slip off the gas while I'm snoozing and rolling out into the intersection. But <laughs> right. yeah, I just really, really just a lot of fatigue and. Uh, uh, well, but anyway, in another thirteen days, in another Welcome thirteen back. days, thank you. I'm going to be Superman. Another thirteen <laughs> days, you, you will be you will be uh, iridescent and glowing at night. Yeah, free to move sure. about the world, run around hugging people. I'm, I'm just going to sneak onto airplanes. There you go. Sure, 
Just fly around. The hell? Fly around aimlessly. Well, you're no longer just some half-vaxxed, half-assed jackass. That's now right. you're a now you're a fully fully vaxxed half-assed jackass. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to show you my ass, but if you saw it, you would not call it. There's nothing half, half about my ass. There's nothing half about it. Right? <laughs> it is split down the middle. <laughs> it is. Well, there, it there is. are halves to it. It's yeah. just... But each half, each half is someone else's whole ass. Are you ass. trying to say there's a dark side of your moon? <laughs> oh, I got a seat that's rated for 400 pounds. Let's put there it that There you yeah. go. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um yeah well hey you know what it can't you know what we were talking before uh it could off the air before we started what was the uh what was your idea hopefully it was uh they'll come up with the uh, kombucha shot with a little uh, turmeric in it or? yeah the kombucha turmeric all natural uh anti-vaxxer approved uh, covid solution it listen turns, uh, you know turns you a little yellow but it keeps you good that's right yeah right. you know that's uh, thinking about because they're talking now they're already talking about booster shots right and oh, so yeah. once or maybe year. next year or whatever it wouldn't surprise me if there was some sort of a uh, a drink or something that uh they came up with that you could you know drink two of these every month or you know every three weeks have one of these it's and, called the uh, it's called the Negroni, and it's exactly. <laughs> and ironically, ironically, it's not covered under your prescription plan, and it costs you three hundred dollars per. So. Yeah, the Negronis now they're about twelve bucks <laughs> if you get a good Negronis, one. Well, it depends on where you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <true. laughs> but uh, that sounds like a that sounds like a bad word. It's a Negroni. Negronis. Negroni. No, N G R. I don't think O-N-I. you can say that, can Negroni? Yes, you can. <laughs> you can say Negroni. It's a pre-dinner drink in. In an entire country, so it's uh, it's gin and uh, and uh, oh crap, vermouth and campagna and bitters. And, Campa- yeah. Campari, yeah, Campari. Campari. Gin, gin Campari. Uh, you had you had me at gin, gin, yeah, gin and Campari. Um, do you, ever have, do you ever have straight Campari? Uh, not that I remember. It tastes like putting a handful of pennies in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But it's really good with gin, ironically. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's good if you're diving into a fountain. This is true. Yeah. Drink the Campari first. So <laughs> with handcuffs, with your hands handcuffed behind you. Right. Dive into a fountain of gin, then it would, you know, there you go. I, I, I need some money so that I can buy some gin. <laughs> I'm right. handcuffed, and there's a bunch of coins in that fountain. Let me take a shot of Campari. <laughs> That's right. I'm going, <laughs> snor- myself. I'm going right. snorkeling at the fountain at Willowbrook. So let, right. me, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me get my mouth ready. Right, right, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, this is a sports podcast, right? Uh, I'm really not, not quite sure what it is. Last not, at yeah. first, not, not at first. Never is at first. Yeah. It's never is at first. And maybe it should never be. Maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it shouldn't. But we'll uh, we'll merge into some baseball here. Why the hell not? Yeah, um, not? To uh, Before we get into teams and, and, and plays and horrible stuff and things like that, um, Jay Bruce and Neil Walker retired. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when we, last last week when we were talking about uh, however you say his name, Ruffy Odor, and why they got <laughs> Rugnet, him. Ruffy, Ruffnet, Rugnet Odor, Rugnet 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 Odor, and we were like, well, why, why this? Well, I think they knew that uh, he was going to retire. 
retired. And the thing is, is that Jay Bruce was just as bad as everybody else on the Yankees. So I'm not. <laughs> he fit right in. I mean, what the are they just? Are, is is this like a bad corporate, um, you know, ma- massive layoff where you just start with the people closest to retirement and uh, offer them an early retirement uh, package? I don't know. It's uh, I don't get it. yeah, uh, you know, hey, it's. Uh, he had an RBI this year. I think that's more than you could say for Giancarlo Stanton. So mm, that's true. He was he was leading in that in that. Uh, he was, so. yeah. But uh, hey, you know what? All the best to him and Neil Walker. Yeah, uh, Neil Walker surprised me. Two former Mets and Yankees. Uh, How old was Walker? So, uh, I mean, they're both in their thirties. Jay Bruce, I think, is a couple years older than Neil Walker. But yeah, Neil Walker's pretty young. Uh, he had. Uh, he was thirty four last year. Thirty four. So that means he's thirty five this year. Assuming, well, it might not be his birthday yet. <laughs> yeah, but I gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, J- I mean, look, Jay Bruce, Bruce is what was... thirty six, thirty seven, I think, maybe. Yeah, somewhere in there. But I mean, he was look. He was uh, kind of a that was sort of a home run swing with him, right? You, I mean, you really weren't expecting him to no, he play all season he, he... and hit you know two seventy something. I mean, he's Jay Bruce. He wasn't playing small ball. He wasn't. I don't think I'm expecting ball. anyone to hit all season. But that's, that, that, but no, that's the Yankees. That's why he fit in on it, right? Because that that's all it is. Yeah, it was all or nothing. But you, know, you take you know take a shot on him. So. Right. And he really wasn't doing anything, so he goes. Hey. Well, I think I think what kept him on the team was Voigt's injury, right? And, uh, and I, I I still don't know why you know the the, the Yankees finally for I was been screaming from Denver for them to to bring up Mike Ford and uh, and Talkman, and they they finally have. I mean Ford's right. Ford's hitting just as bad as everybody else, but he's made some really good defensive plays. Yeah, he's he's good days. defensively out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to have a first baseman there, right? Yeah, it is. And then you could have DJ LeMay who play every position yet the one right. he's supposed to play for everyone who but sucks everywhere else in the infield. Can he pitch when uh, Garrett Cole is not, though? That's the question. You know, I can't, I can't imagine him doing any worse. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Yankees pitching at times has been okay. It, it's not like their starters are getting blasted. It's just right. that they're being taken out in the fourth inning. And Chad Green, I think, has played more games than uh, Aaron Judge. Maybe they should get Seth Green. To play, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, it, it might work. It might work. Who knows? Um, now I feel bad though, because I mean, you follow two teams, right? You follow the Yankees, and you, Harry, of course, I'm talking to you. You follow the Yankees, and you follow your hometown uh, Rockies. To big win Green. last night. Big win last night. Big win last Rockies. night. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but I think, I think if thing. my memory serves me correct, they split with the New York Mets. They did. They did, but uh, I do have to say, um, unfortunately, you know, your, your Yankees do have a low record. Uh, but the Rockies the, are still worse. The, yeah, it's the second lowest in the league, and the Rockies are the lowest. But uh, hey, look, the Rockies have also, I think, played the Dodgers fourteen times. But, the, this but year. The, the, the Rockies have played. I thought they played, except for the two against the Mets, they played the Rockies every other game. They played the, the Dodgers every other game. Yeah, they're going to have a very easy second half schedule. Mm-hmm. And and look, whatever it's it's it's. I don't watch a lot of full Rockies games, but when they're playing the Astros and they're beating them, I'm watching till the very sure, last pitch. Absolutely. Well, there's a lot of parity going on right now. You know, all the teams that you thought were going to everybody's are, everybody's hovering around 500 except for the Dodgers. But this uh, is there, true. there's some surprise teams so far. I mean, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's in first place. I don't think anybody saw the Brewers sitting there right now. Although they're not, what are they, ten and seven, eleven and seven? So uh, yeah. it's the Brewers uh, are eleven and seven. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's early, but yeah. Well, look, no one, I, no one was expecting Boston. I think 
No, no. to be where they are. Tampa, no, Tampa no, Bay, no. I think we were all expecting not to be as good as last year. You know, they lost a few people. Mm-hmm. They're right around 500, mm-hmm. though. It's not like they're, they're 10 and away with it. They're 10 and yeah. Yeah. Right. No, no. It's, it's, it's just, you know. Who would have thought, thought the Orioles would be in third? In who would have thought that the Red Sox, Royals, and and Oakland A's would be in first place in the American yeah. League? All right. And, uh, you know, and, I mean, the Mets Tor- are. Toronto and the Yankees would be, right. you know, in the cellar, uh, mm-hmm. at least for now. Uh, Houston out in the West. It's down okay. at the bottom of the pack there. Look, and a lot, a lot of teams that people were really high on this year, uh, including the Padres. Padres, Padres are ten and ten. Right. Uh, the Cardinals are eight and ten. I mean, that might have that. You know, they they're dead. The you know the Reds are at five hundred, mm-hmm. and uh, the Nationals are two games under five hundred. The Braves are two games. Yeah, under the Braves are two games under five hundred. That's yeah. Surprise. I mean, you could say the Mets are in first place. Yeah, but 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 everybody in the division is. It's just a percentage. Yeah, yeah, and the Mets the Mets are only one game over five hundred. They just. Happen to be the only team well, over five hundred, and that's because they shit the bed the last two nights. And well, and it's also because they didn't play the first. Night, they also haven't played as many games because they were, you know, subjected to the COVID. True, yeah, they, they they're they're three, four, or four games they have to make up before the yeah. first first season, the first uh, uh, series against the Nationals, and one other game they have to make up. But uh, and how how is it? Yeah, how is it that Washington has three extra games played? I mean. Unfortunately for them, their losses. They're seven and nine. How are the, the Mets, Mets only seven and the six? Mets have had a couple of days. The Mets, off. Have had, Mets have had a couple of rainouts too. Mets have had a couple of rainouts time. other than the first series, and they had a day or two off that the Nationals haven't had yet. But at some point in the season, the Nationals. Oh, okay, all right. That, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. So I'm Sorry. like, how did Washington make up games that were not against yeah, the Mets? Because I, I wasn't aware of them missing any other games. That, yeah, they there was uh, six. Other, other there was th- there was three other. There were no. There's two other rainouts. Or three other rainouts and one snow out, and uh, they made up two of those games. So there's one or two of those games they have yeah. to make up, and then there was one or two off days. Yeah, shouldn't you know, like but... uh, Colorado and Chicago just be on the road the first yeah. two they three usually, weeks of the season? They usually are. You would think they usually are. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, the first week was fine here. There was the third week. <laughs> yeah, the Mets, um, the Mets landed in in. in uh, well, in look, Colorado it was uh, it was 35 degrees here this morning when I got up. Yeah, you know, after a bunch of days in the fifties and sixties, and then but this this uh, this weekend's going to be warmer. It's going to be in the upper sixties to around seventy, and next week it's going to be in the mid seventies around here. So, hey, look, all I know is that uh, what I said in, a couple weeks ago on opening day is coming true. The baseball season is the Dodgers, and if they can stay healthy, I don't think anybody's touching them. Probably and not, I, and that's that's what it looks like. They're the only team that's consistently winning. This is true. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a long season, <laughs> you know. It's a long season. I get that. But is it when, when you're already five, when the Yankees are already five games out of first place and the first place team is only five games over 500? It's a bad sign. It is. It is. So, well, you're probably right. But again, it's a long season. So it's not just a long season that other teams can and can bring it back up. It's also a long season that who knows what's going to happen with the Dodgers in four months. You know, so oh, they have to stay. I mean, odds are, but, but, but they're they're already dealing with some injuries and they're plowing through them. So yeah. well, that's depth. So, um, you know, it's nice and the type have. of baseball that they play, they have deep, they have great pitching, right. probably better pitching this year than they had last year, mm-hmm. and they can win with the long ball or they can play small ball, and they they just seem to. I mean, how how big of a re-signing was Justin Turner for them? Yeah, that was big. You know, I mean. 
That was definitely. There's just some. There's just a bunch of guys in that team that seem to have timely hits. Yep. Yeah, that is true. Uh, and it'd be nice if the Mets were able to do that as well. Um, I don't know if you caught any of the game last night. Sixteen to four, they lost. Yeah. Um, it was that watched... seven run fourth. It was or a seven it was. run fourth inning, and then there was a few other, and it was ridiculous. And other then, than that, it was. Uh, it was like good. Nine, they were winning in the to, fourth. It was nine, nine to four instead of sixteen to four. Yeah, it was. If it wasn't it was, for that seven run inning. If it wasn't for that seven run inning, it was only. Was that seven run fourth? You know, you, exactly. you, you can't well, carry any you. runs over to the next. game. There was three or four errors in that fourth inning, and JD Davis started it all. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I love JD Davis's bat. He cannot play third base. He cannot. He looks spooked right now. He he better not he better not be playing tonight. Uh, I don't even know if he started. I mean, the game's starting soon. I haven't even looked, but uh, it's, better, on. it's It's uh, bottom of the first, I think. Yeah, well, I'll just start it. Yeah, but uh, I, you know, I, I, they better put Guillerme in at third uh, tonight. Just, just even just giving him a day off. I'm not even talking about you know benching him or anything like that. But he really can. He just cannot play third base. And here's here lies the question. It's like, okay, but his bat is that good? Yeah, his bat is that good. But if he's going to keep doing, if he's going to keep pulling errors, and and costing you run after run after run. Who cares if he if he drives in one run here and one run there? You're still losing the game with him because he's because he's giving up two or three other runs with his fielding. He's not he's not playing tonight, and he's over. No, Guillermo is leading off, and he's over one. Yeah, but uh, it's 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 insane. I I mean I feel bad, but that's that's the that's the case. I mean, put him on the bench. Well, bring that's in, what bring that's, his bat in. That's what we talked about uh, earlier a few yeah. weeks ago. You know, do are you going to get more out of his offense than you are out of his? Uh, you know, right. to overcome the defensive lapses, in, right? And uh, and in all fair, but but no one, but if, if nobody's hitting, then don't you? I mean, you have to have someone in the lineup who's hitting. Well, that's another thing too. Yeah, exactly. Right? Nobody, nobody I else mean, is hitting. I, I mean, Lindor here's, had here's, Lindor finally had a home run last night. Here's right. Here's the Mets averages. Right, Lindor's at two seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dom Smith's at two fifty. Mm-hmm. Alonzo's two twenty four. Conforto's a buck seventy one. Conforto's I don't know what the hell he's Mc, doing. McCann's at two fifty, and then you got Villar and Pilar, mm. who you know who cares what they're doing. Pilar and you know, Villar. Yeah. Uh, Pilar's at one eleven, and uh, <laughs> Villar's yeah. at two eighty. Ooh, ooh. Well, there you go. There's well, your both, team leader. They're both. They're both. I mean, two two eighties. You know. Is is great right now. But that's also that's You're also somebody that's played like gets come in a couple right. of times later right, right, games. Right, right. I understand. Right, yeah. Started one or two. He's not your starter who's going to be no. out there every day, unless he keeps hitting two eighty. In which case, you know, that's put him up story. first. Exactly. So you know, uh, do, do you look at it and go, well, look, if JD Davis gets us a run or two, yeah, but then he yeah. then he then he gives up a run or yeah, two but, with his fielding. But, so it's but you got to figure that's not going to happen every game. Yeah, but when it does, though. You know, but I mean, you, I, I know, but you, you need more. You need a bigger sample size. You do, you do. I understand. This it. has just... been the Mets bitch corner. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, in all fairness to JD Davis, he wasn't the only one committing errors last night. Um, no. there, there was there was a bloop, uh, 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 fly ball that just dropped in between uh, Nimmo and Conforto and and uh, McNeil. Like nobody was like, eh, I'll let it fall, whatever, let him score a run. I swear, seriously, at one point during the fourth inning when all of that was going on, I really thought I should have been listening to the Benny Hill theme. You know? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Look, it's, listen, the Mets. Seeing ourselves once again. Yeah. The Mets. Have to... <laughs> Everybody's like, who? Benny who? <laughs> Benny Hanna? Benny... Benny Hanna. The Mets have to understand <laughs> that you have to go out and play the games. It doesn't right. matter what you look like on paper or what anybody says. You go out and you play. You play well, you win. 
You don't play well, you lose. It's as simple as that. They're in it's first place. You know, you you <laughs> like like uh yeah, they're in yeah, exactly they're in first place. Well it's like uh it's like um Crash Davis, uh Kevin Costner said in Bull Durham, you know, you throw the ball, you catch the ball, you hit the ball. Right. Um sometimes you win, you, you win sometimes, sometimes you, you lose, lose sometimes, sometimes it, rains. it rains. And they've yeah. added in snows now, obviously. But, yeah. Right. Ninety percent of the game is half mental. Ninety percent of the game is half mental, exactly. Absolutely. We went over that last week, didn't we? <laughs> but uh, in any event, yeah, 16, and, uh, 16 to 4 last night. It was ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. It was four well, look, hours, I don't know. Four don't hours know. and five innings last night. Four hours and five innings it was. Listen, the mm-hmm. I think I heard this uh, before last night's game because I had it on my uh, list here. So I'm going to update my numbers here. And Mets in Chicago at Wrigley, uh, 4 and 18 in their last 22 games. Yeah, yeah. Wrigley Field's uh, so they have. This, been is, and this is a team there. that swept the NLCS six years ago, but uh, you know, but yeah. that was a different team. The only, yeah. the only, the only same player. Degrom right now on the team because you can't count Syndergaard because he's not playing right now. The only players, Degrom and and Conforto were the only players on that eighty-five. Uh, eighty-five. Yeah. What am I talking about? Two thousand fifteen World Series team. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, so whatever you. it is about that, they they have their number. They do. And, uh, Speaking of Degrom uh, and Stroman, for that matter, I mean that, that that's that's what's getting them the wins, right? That's what's keeping them in first place for now, anyway. Um, is the pitching? I mean, you know, other than Peterson, other than like two innings for Peterson last night and one inning or one inning for Peterson last night, just the fourth. He was he was he faced the minimum. He faced nine batters in the first three innings, so he was cruising at that point uh, before uh, before all uh, hell broke loose in the fourth. And that and that one inning in Philly, his first start, he's been decent. And Taiwan Walker's been pitching good, you know. So other than you know, you know, Lucchese start here when you get Carrasco and them back. I mean, Degrom and Stroman have been a really dominant one-two punch. Um, I mean, the uh, Degrom's uh, he's one and one, and we know why Degrom is one and one because he's always you know he should be he should be five and zero oh when he's one and one, uh, and he only pitched three games. He should be five and zero, oh. but uh, he's got a point four five ERA right now. And um, he pitched to an opponent's uh, a batting average of 162. And Stroman is 3-0. and He's got a uh, .89, 0.89 ERA. So, well, that's all great, but what's everybody else doing? Nothing. That's the problem. Nobody's hitting anything. You know, that's that everybody else is, you know. Um, Taiwan Walker is not as good, but he, he, you know, his numbers are in there. And it, these bats just got to start. It's it's a little cause for concern. Yeah, Lindor got a home run last night, so he got his first home run as a bat. But – he, uh, you know, it's a little cause for concern. The three hundred and forty-one million dollar man, uh, hitting what, what's he? Well, hitting? What you saw it one seventy-eight or something like that. Yeah, he's, he's never been a great. He's never been a big average guy. I mean, he started off his career that way. Yeah, but he's a, a two sixty, two seventy hitter. The last, you know, now his his power has has significantly gone up since yeah. then. And also his 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 averages traditionally, and I looked at it too. He's a slow low, starter. He's a slow starter. He's a, yeah. April has sucked for him, and then he kills it. He's a slow starter. Well, I, I wouldn't worry too much about Lindor. He knows how to catch the ball and throw it to first base. You got a guy at first base who can catch it. You're way ahead of some teams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, look, it's, it's uh, they're they're not doing enough of the right things to to win. But as we've said, they they and doing a few too many of the wrong things, but. They are in first, so yeah. they're in first place. They're fourth in the league in pitching right now, but uh, not including last night. 
uh, a two two eighty seven ERA, two point eight seven. They're uh, and they're thirtieth, including last night. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> they're uh, thirty. Uh, they're thirtieth in offense. Um, thirtieth. Well, there offense. you go. That's ridiculous. Two point nine two runs per game. But what are you going to do? They got to. <laughs> should 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 they be worried? It's a long season. Yeah. So you're saying no? They shouldn't be worried. I'm, no, no one should be worried right now. Yeah. We, listen, you've got to give. You got to give. These young pitchers, you know, some time, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Walker yeah. had trouble finding the plate the other day. He walked in one run or two runs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I it was I was actually happy to see that he got to stay out there and at least have an opportunity to get out of the jam. He mm-hmm. couldn't do it. And there were a couple of they they were balls, but they were kind of borderline uh, pitches that could have been called third strikes and that right. didn't help him out. But you know, I was kind of happy to to see somebody actually getting an opportunity to work out of a jam, but yeah. it didn't work out for him, of course. Yeah, but. that was that was good, too. Uh, but but I you got to give these guys time. I do think, but but uh, to your point, though, um, there were a couple of borderline ball strike uh, pitches thrown uh, yeah. on Walker's behalf, but those same pitches were strikes for the Cubs pitcher. And and that's what Ross came out and argued and got thrown out of the game for doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was squeezing the strikes on for the for Taiwan Walker. It was uh, it was it was clear that he was doing it because he didn't just do it. Once. We've gone almost. We have gone almost a half hour before John has complained yeah. about the umpires. <laughs> this is a new record. We're one minute under a half hour. And he brought it up. I didn't. He brought it up. I goaded him into it. He brought it up. I did. Well, you know, John, there were a couple of pitches that might have been strikes. I'm not saying the umpire was being unfair, but. <laughs> Well, give these guys some, and and the other thing is, look, the umpires you, are you, only had, make bad calls against the. It's true, Mets <laughs> and the Giants. Yeah, but if you ha- if you're if you're uh, the Taiwan Walker and you head after the mound and you know your team has not been scoring, right? You know that puts a little more pressure on you, right? Of course it I, I, I got to be good. I got to be better. I got to be nearly perfect. Right. I can't give up more than a couple of runs. Right. And that can be very unnerving. So absolutely, I get it's not it. even the end of April. You know, well, let's, let's see how things are at the end of May. It could be worse. I mean, you know, yeah. it's it, you know they're uh, whatever. I and we'll see. We'll figure it out. Um, to the it's Yankees, frustrating, but not time to get crazy yet. This is true. This is true. Uh, to the Yankees' point, uh, what Harry was uh, talking about before, um, it's the uh, what are the second the sec that's the second it's the worst record in the AL. Uh, it's tied for the worst record in the American League. Um, but uh, they have their their team batting average through 15, 16 games or whatever is as it's the lowest it's been since nineteen seventy two. Um, so uh, you know, I mean, it's it's quite obvious. I mean, Harry, what do you think about that? Didn't they win the championship that year in seventy two? No, did Harry freeze, uh, or is he just really, really still and concentrating on something? He's looking at. I it. think he's frozen. You think, like, legitimately frozen, or just a screen? Yeah. I think he's. Well, hopefully, it's not a <laughs> physiological activity. Like, it's like because they're oh, not. Well, he's gone. Look at that. All right, he's gone. He's gone. Is he coming back? Now, now, now we can talk about the Yankees. <laughs> now we can talk about the Yankees. Uh, yeah, it's the lowest to be. Not there. He's back. What the hell happened there? Oh my, Macintosh. Equipment just loves this Chromecast uh, broadcast. Gotcha. Every once in a while, it just decides to go off the. Uh, Reminds you that you're. 
<laughs> Reminds you that you need a new. Reminds you that you're using something not made by Apple. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, I just said before, I don't know if you heard me when I said it before, the Yankees batting average, a team batting average right now through 15, 16 games, whatever, it's the lowest it's been since 1972. Yeah, and that was not a good year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the Yankees, The I, I think the same issues that the Yankees had last year, they're having this year. Right. And it's just, it's it's, I think, a little bit more obvious because they don't have, you know, they're missing some, some of the guys that performed last year, like a uh, – what's his name at first base is, is out. And so you're, you know, you don't have, you don't have his bat there right now. You don't have some of the consistencies that you had otherwise. Uh, Aaron judge and Giancarlo Stanton are waving in the wind half the time. And you know, it's Gary Sanchez looks back to his, he was, he had a chance to win the game the other night with two men, two men on and two outs. And he struck out on three strikes. Yep. They're just they're just not hitting the ball, and to, and I and I think that there's some, you know, look Torres isn't running out balls. You got Aaron Hicks; he's in some sort of funk. I, I don't really know what's going on there. And you got people like Odor who's hitting one eleven, who uh, you know play in second base. It's just this stellar lineup doesn't look so stellar, right? No, because other other than Lemayo, and even Lemayo's not. Typical DJ LeMahieu. I mean, he's he's had some some bad you know strokes of luck here and there. He's still hitting almost two ninety, right. but they just can't seem to manufacture runs when they need to, and, and they're not hitting the long ball. No, they're not. They're not, and that's what they hang their hat on, right? But um, and and here's another thing too. You know, you hear all these interviews. You hear an interview with with uh, Boone. You hear an interview with Cashman. You hear a uh, judge said it yesterday in an interview the day before. You know, we know what the talent is on this team. We know what the talent is on this team. We know what the talent is on this team. All right. Well, I mean, there comes a point in time where, you know, is it really? You know, you can't wait, and you can't waste good starts. I mean, look, Talion had a good start the other day. Herman tonight. Look, he's pitched five innings, given up two earned runs. Now the Yankees have given up three, but these are games that you need to be able to score more than four runs. If you could, you know, if you, if your starting pitching is going to give you five strong innings of of two-run baseball, then you have to win games. Right. And didn't they shake up the lineup the other day? And they shook it up today again, too. You got Brett Gardner leading off. Uh, LeMay is batting second. Judge is down to third. And Mike Ford is hitting cleanup. You got Torres uh, moved and Aaron Hicks moved down, which I I agree with the Hicks move. You got to move him out of that third spot. Um, And they moved Torres, you know, around, too. Sanchez isn't playing today. You got Higoshia. Higoshioka playing. What, I mean, what, what do you I, do with Torres, Hicks, Odor, and Frazier, and Ford? You know, like how do you line up? You put, put them all up at and, once and see maybe you know. Well, a couple, couple of one elevens, a buck ninety four. We, and a we need, of ones, we, you know, what we, do you do with we those? Need, guys? We, need, we need, we need Luke Voigt back because that settles everything else in the infield. I still think, and I know people don't agree with me. I still think that Miguel Andahar is a better, you know third baseman in some ways. Um, and when he gets back, where do you put him? I, why Mike Talkman? I mean, maybe he isn't on the, on the team again. I don't know. Why, how you, how you don't have Mike Talkman playing ahead of Clint? The Yankees, here's the problem with the current well, Yankees. He's, he's on the bench tonight. Here's the, here's the problem with the current Yankees leadership. They are so stubborn 
to admit that they are wrong on some of their so-called homegrown players. And that includes Sanchez. It includes Frazier and, and Torres. Well, I think, I think we're, you know, to, to that point, I think that they thought they were having, you know, so go, go back four years, right? Um, the, the, the baby bombers. Um, they thought they were having the second coming of the of the core four and, right. and everything else back in the nineties, and and that's where it is. And they got to bring that along because that's what this is what it was. It was the baby bombers. It's the, you know, this is the new core four. You know, yeah. And it's not. It's not working. It's not. Well, but like yeah, but but I but I will say that's that's an unusual situation because it seems like every year there's a somebody on the Yankees who comes out of nowhere and has a great season. For that season, and that's true, it. True. Right. But this but, year, there's nobody doing that. And here's right the thing. Now. You know, when did the Yankees play the Astros? And, and was that last year when Chapman gave up the home run, or is that two years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. That team was literally could have easily gone to the World Series and, pro- and maybe won. Okay. Oh, if, the, La- if, the, if the Yankees played the Nationals, I have a feeling they would have. Last year, they went. They they just could not solve the Rays, and that's carrying over to this year. And the Rays are not even that, as good a team. Right. But there was a couple games there where it could have went either way, and you started to see this inability for them to hit in big situations and a lot of strikeouts. And two years ago, that Yankees team would work the count. If they would make every pitcher earn, you know. They, they ran up the pitch count so that they could get to the bullpen, and that's when they always had the ability to kind of come back and win games. Their bullpen against somebody else's bullpen, I'll take the Yankees' chances. They just, they, they just don't have the kind of clutch players that they need right now. And, look, I love Aaron Judge. I think he's great. He has not proven to me to be the clutch player, and he's not even the defensive player that he was two years ago right now. I'm not saying he's not a, a, a bad defensive player. But there's a reason why he's DHing, and you, you know you're trying to get uh, multiple players in, into the outfield. With with you know when when you're right. trying when you're when when your best bet is to get Brett Gardner and Clint, Clint Frazier into the outfield with an Aaron Hicks who's hitting 164, it tells you something. Right. And I, I just yeah, yeah just just following kind of following along this inning here, uh, Hicks gets up and uh, hits a single right. Labor Torres, I think, sees one pitch and flies out. Odor sees three pitches and flies out. No, you're right. Nobody is like working the count. I mean, I mean, they're you know, just if there's strikes. You gotta, you gotta swing at them, of course. If you but. if you throw something, if you throw a, a breaking ball of any kind to Giancarlo Stanton that is anywhere near the outside of the plate, he will swing at it. And I and if it's down low, the chances of him getting it are zilch. Yeah. He can't go down low and get a ball up. And, and this is a guy who you've built literally. You built this team around him. He was your. He was. The, he's been the biggest offseason signing the Yankees have had, other than Cole. But you know, field player. He's been the biggest position player right. since since A Rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's they supposed spent, to be out there doing it for you every day. And, and they spent a shit ton of money on him. And I've never been impressed. Now he had a decent. He had a better postseason last year but he's he's just he's he's not even in the lineup today it's a day off your if your best hitter can't be in the if these so-called big guns can't be in the lineup every day what is he tired from dh'ing sure sure yeah i mean getting up and down and 
I just, I just don't get it. And look, I don't mind a Mike Ford at first base for now. Yes, he might not, he, he might not, uh, he, he's got to walk. He seems to be able to work the pitch count a little bit better than everybody else. He walked in the winning run the other night. Uh, I, I don't mind a Ford or an Odor there, but that means that these other guys have to produce and they have to start hitting and they have to start hitting some long balls. Right. Yeah. Or at, or at least driving the ball to the point where you're spreading it around a little bit because it, it just seems as if the Yankees are not – they're just not hitting the ball with runners in scoring position. Yeah. Well, listen, oh, yeah. Here's the, not not that this is necessarily a tell-all for everything, but um, because it all – you know, lopsided games will throw this askew. But, you know, Toronto is 8-10 and 10, and they're plus 10s and runs scored. The Yankees are only minus 10. They're five games under five hundred. They've only they've lost a lot of close games. Yeah. They've all right, you know. So pitching uh, kept them in it, but they couldn't swing the bat. Their pitching yeah. is better than I thought it would be to this point. Now Kluber's been a little inconsistent. Yeah. Talent's been a little. I, I kind of expected that. He lost it last yesterday. But Kluber. you know, you know, uh, Jordan Montgomery's been been been, been pretty good. Uh, Herman tonight. I mean, you can't complain about this. This is what I expected from him. Yeah. And the the Mets are minus fourteen, by the way, in that category. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm shocked at that. Low, and at that and high. You look at Oakland, who's twelve and seven. They're minus two, ninety to 92. 90, 90 runs scored, ninety two given up. Right. Yeah, because on games when they get blown out, they get blown out. But on games where they're close, they win. It's just a lot of yeah, a lot of, a lot of offense is my point. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I I you know again that's there's a lot of parity, especially in the American League this year. There's a lot of parity. You go up and down in the American League right now. I, I would I would argue that other than maybe three or four teams, it is a complete toss up as to who who's going to come out of the pack in, in each of the three divisions. It really is. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, the, the Royals are playing like you said. The Royals are playing good. The Indians. I mean, everybody's everybody's right around 500. That's under except for you know, yeah. except for the Yankees and the Twins. Um, and the Red Sox. And the, the Red Sox started out zero and three. Remember, the Red Sox started out zero yeah. three. They've got they've gone twelve and four since. You know, and the, uh, and and the Red Sox have done what the Yankees haven't done. The Red Sox had a bad year the last well last year. The year before was kind of a, a, a crapshoot, right? But they just cleaned house, kind of. Yeah, I mean their lineup is completely different. It's it, it, it's incredible, but it is. They got rid of they they got rid of a bunch. They got rid of everybody. They got rid of a bunch. Uh, you know, uh, Betts went obviously a couple of years ago. Benintendi left. Um, but the uh, but yeah, you're right. They they moved people around. They did what they had to do. Core is back, and uh, and they're they're winning games. It's like I mean, other, like other than four since they lost the first three. Other than Xander Bogarts, JD Martinez De- is still there. Yeah, Dev Devers is this his second year with them or first year? Uh, uh, J- JD uh, Martinez. They yep. picked up Hunter Renfro. He wasn't. Yep. No, with he was them. picked him up. Yeah. Um, they don't. They're they're a lot like the Oakland A's right now. There's not a big splashy bunch of names here. Nope. It really isn't. No, nope. Xander Bogarts is probably the splashiest name on that yeah. roster. Him and, and JD Martinez, of course. But yeah. But they're. I mean, you know, and they and they look who they have pitching. They have Adam Atavino. They know they pick up some guys. You know the other the other thing too is Adam Adovino's you know, pitching and yeah. Nathan Avaldi's pitching too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's it, I'm watch I'm watching uh, who was I watching the other day uh, ex Yankee pitcher the the really big dude 
I'm drawing a blank now, but Randy I mean, Johnson. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, when I say big, a really I, mean, big dude, I, I mean, like he made CC Sabathia look about the same size as CC I... taller though. Uh, anyway, he was their like number one guy for a couple of years yeah. and he's pitching seven shutout innings for the twins uh, the other day. So, I mean, it's, it's just, I just feel like the Yankees sometimes give up on the people that they shouldn't. I suppose. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I think. Know. I think. I'll. I'll figure this guy out in a minute. Pineda, Michael Pineda. Oh, Pineda. Who okay. I believe. Who I believe has not lost a game in nine starts. Uh, it's possible. It's very yeah. possible. Yeah. So, but yeah, you're right, though. I mean, there, there's, there's parity around the league, but there's teams that are popping up. But you know what? Nobody's running. You know, <clears throat> other than the A's and the Red Sox. And again, they're not they're not twelve and zero. Oh, they're twelve and seven, both of them. You know, so uh, and the Mariners are eleven and seven too. They're up there. Yeah. Um, you know, Angels are playing decent ball, but they're right around five hundred. They're nine and seven. And how is it that the A's can just do this year in and year out? I mean, you have to just kind of love them for that. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. There's no other sport where a team with so called you know never that much talent right. is able to win this consistently. It's just—it's kind of ridiculous. It's true. It's true, though. Oh, hey, here, Yanks got the bases loaded. There you go. And Gotti's at the plate. Gotti's at the plate. Couple of walks. How many? Uh, it's got a single. Frazier and Hagashioka uh, walked. How many outs? Two outs. Two or, outs. There two wasn't outs. two. If there wasn't two outs, I'd say bunt it. Uh, Gardy bunt. <laughs> Gardy could swing away. Gardy kind of. It looks like he's bunting when he swings away until he, <laughs> until he connects on one. And then, you know, it's that short porch in right field is his best friend. Oh yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. No, I'm just curious what he's going to do. It's Owen two. It's Owen two. Mm-hmm. So Owen three or he flies out. Hopefully he slaps a single to the left side. Cause I'm well, sure they got the fucking shift on for him. Of course they do. And it just, I, you know what I've watched, I've watched maybe four or five games over the last mm-hmm. uh, round ball. You know, the third, Ground ball to third. There you go, Tom. Um, Bases but, loaded. There you go. Bases loaded, and you just ground to, ground to third baseman goes to second to, for the for, for the, the out. out. Yeah. Uh, you know, watch watch four or five games over the last few days, and anytime the shift is on, whoever they put the shift on for hits right to who's in the shift. Right, right Did you see Joey Votto? Yeah. Bunting. Yep. Nobody yep. there. Why not? No, but he practically could have. He practically could have walked, walked first to first base. base. Yeah, absolutely. So do that. Do that. Why? I mean, you're a professional hitter. You can't turn yeah, but, your foot. You can't put the ball in play. Like, like even like you said, just bunt it. Bunt it up the third base line. Nobody's there. <laughs> you know? I, will, I will tell you this. As much as yeah, and the long ball seems to be down a little bit this year compared to the last two years. Well, they took the they they right. the ball right, which is good. Yeah, I'll tell you what. These pitchers might not be able to pitch for a long time, but the location that I've seen in pitchers, generally speaking, of this year, yeah. is just unbelievable. And the the statistics and the, the know-how that they have to just, within a half an inch, get it where they know that guy at the plate can't hit it is unbelievable. Now, you could say it's the, it's, it's the batter's inability to kind of adjust, but I think it's also – the pitchers, for the most part, have just gotten that good, yeah. and uh, it, it's 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 pretty insane. Yeah. 
Oh, that's crazy. Well, like 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 we keep saying, it's a long season, and we'll see what comes of it. It's a long Everybody's... season, and we'll be moaning and groaning. And we'll the be whole moaning way. and groaning yeah, the whole good. way. Uh, um, did you guys see what uh, Gary Sheffield said? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Can't watch the game anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He says he doesn't watch it. Yeah. Um, they changed the game, making it more hitter friendly. Right. Guys go out there, and uh, this is this is my favorite part. These guys go out there and strike out 180, 190 times, and it's okay. Right. And then all of a sudden, they show a home run. Now, a home run is less appealing when a home run was a big deal and more appealing. When he played, because it wasn't happening. What's as what, often. what's what's kind of rich is that Gary Sheffield was a guy who struck out a lot and hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, he was exactly <laughs> the kind of he was he was exactly the kind of player he that he Gina doesn't Carlos like. Then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Harry says that, when he was at the Yankees or with the Mets. Oh wait, both. Right. I was kind of forced to watch baseball because I was working with TBS, and so I had to remember really find out who these players. I'll tell you the secret now. I never watched the games during the season. I would get educated on it when I got there. It's not something that I could watch based on what I'm seeing because I'll be a complainer. This is the first time I've said that out loud, but I'm just truly disappointed with what I watch. So this is an analyst who doesn't watch the games. It's kind of like Charles Park. Hysterical. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> well, you know, I was watching, not the shift to, to the basketball, but I was watching you know, NBA tonight or whatever the post game show is with Barkley, Shaq and Ernie and Kenny. And Barkley was basically saying the same thing, just talking about how, you know, somebody was dancing around and doing windmills. It was Steph Curry. And Barkley was just like, somebody's got to put some wood on him. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's running around out there. Like he's hang gliding. Right. And oh. it's true. It is and, and I think a lot of it, you know, it, it, it's like the other day in, in in baseball, you could tell so it, the ball slipped out of somebody's hand and somebody got hit by a pitch on their hand. Then you could tell he was definitely, I mean, it was, it was not in his best interest to brush him back at this point. There was no sort of, hey, I'm going to, you know, throw at this guy. It was just a bad pitch. And, of course, the announcers and everybody and, and you know, the umpires, back in the day, it just would have been like, take your base and – all right, next pitch. It right. doesn't have to be a warning and a big. It's just Nolan Ryan would have would have would, would have pitched three hundred less innings if if, that, if he pitched in today's game. Yeah, he would have been thrown <laughs> out after the third and, inning. And I mean, is there is there a amongst the major sports is there a less dangerous brawl than a baseball brawl? Maybe I mean, basketball. Yeah, but yeah. The, I mean, those guys usually get a couple of shots in because it's two guys and right. they're right there on the court, right? Yeah, baseball, the baseball guys everybody. always got to come from opposite sides. And there's a, when's the last time there was a baseball fight where somebody actually really got punched in the face? Where Reggie Jackson clocked what's his name pretty good. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, was probably the, was the, uh, was the fight with uh, punching Joey Betts, yeah. but uh, you know, Odor and Batista. Baseball fights are really generally a scrub. You got to get, you got to hit, you, especially when it's a batter and pitcher. When it's when you when, which is usually the case, because yeah. you got a distance to go. Yeah, and you got the catcher, right. you know, trying to run the batter down, and then and there's you know, there's five or six other guys ready to break it up, right? All in close proximity. So, right. Right. you know, I don't know. Let's ask Draymond. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, you can <laughs> yeah. let guys get a little bit heated. You know, it's not like uh, nobody ever walks away from a baseball fight. You know. With, Needing stitches. No. No. 
No. So, you know, this whole, I'm going to warn everybody, and, you know, we don't want to just, you know. I think the, 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 you know, bloodiest fights are hockey fights. Right. You know, yeah. But that's only, it's only two guys. It's not well, a melee. You, you come for the fights and stay for the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not, but it's two guys. Two guys will fight. Everybody else will stand there and watch. Nobody's helping them. I think that yeah. if hockey, hockey should just have like 40 minutes of fighting and then a, a shootout. A <laughs> shootout. Whoever's still standing gets to be in the shootout. Everybody, everybody gets to fight somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think they should have a draw. There you go. They put all the all everybody's names, and each team goes in a separate hat, and they pull out two names. Those guys fight. Yeah. Whoever wins, that team gets one point. There you go. And then they pull out the next two names. Yeah. Those two guys fight, and yeah. eventually you run through the roster. If there's a tie, then you have a shootout. <laughs> if there's a tie, well, if there's a tie, the goalies fight. Right. This just <laughs> ends. A starting pitcher is pitching in the sixth inning. No. Herman's pitch. He's got two outs in the bottom of the sixth. That's insane. There you go. What do they think of next? I don't know. Let's hope he gets his third out. It's insane. It's ridiculous. But, hey, again, like we said, long season. We'll see what happens with it. A long season. It's we'll a see. long season. Couple of, couple of notes here. Um, uh, Mets-wise, uh, DeGrom's career ERA right now is 2.57. Seaver's career ERA was 2.57. Coincidence? Nothing. No, Silence. mathematics. Mathematics. Is that right? Sometimes people um, who do the same thing do it the same way. Look at that. Um, up until And up until yesterday, Nimmo had the second longest on-base streak uh, game-wise, uh, 24 games, uh, to Mike Trout's 32. Uh, so, but, finding, uh, finding Nimmo. Finding Nimmo. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he got a... Uh, he got a goose egg yesterday, so that's it. Um, no dice. Um, here's a question uh, for both of you. Should Pete Alonso defend his home run crown at the Derby this year? Who cares? Or, or should he not? Or should he sit out? What do you think? I personally think he should do more with the bat in a game. I, I think they should do what the NBA did and find the most obscure players who don't play for the dunk contest. And have, the, <laughs> have the guys who can't hit home runs. <laughs> <laughs> going the home run, going the home run derby. <laughs> and some guy's going to win with three, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> like the whole thing. He's going to yeah. three total of all the, of all the rounds. That's right. Uh, but um, I think he should. I think he should. Yeah, yeah. I guess he should. Uh, he says he's in for it. He's ready. You know he what? If, if, he's he, not... if he's invited, he's going. He said that's what he well, said. Well, now listen. I've heard plenty of guys say that it screws up your swing, right? It didn't screw his swing up two years ago when he won the uh, when he hit the most home runs by a rookie. Yeah. It's the same thing as they do in batting practice. I can't imagine it screwing it up your swing. Difference. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess it's just the it number also, of the number well, of times you go up there and it also helped him too, because look how he did it. He went up he went up la- later and uh um you know, didn't hit didn't he didn't have to hit. He was going up against uh um uh Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit like 900 home runs, but by the time he got to face Pete Alonso in the he was in tired the finals, he was exhausted. Yeah. So Pete Alonso hit 14, being done. You know, Vlad I'm not taking anything Vlad, away from Alonso by any Vlad means. Vlad Jr.'s lost a lot, of, lost a lot of weight in the offseason. Right. Uh, yeah, he did. He did. So, he's, he looks. Uh, he's, yeah. he's, I, I would say he, he, he looks like Cecil Fielder now. <laughs> Is that right? I don't know. Cecil, Cecil Fielder's son still playing? No. 
No. Does it matter the if Prince, Alonzo is Prince is, retired? If he's hitting well, should he should he do it? And if he's not hitting well, he should. I don't think it, uh, you know what. Like, or does I, it I, matter? I think, like Harry said, I don't think it really matters unless he's going to because even if he goes and he plays and he and he he gets tired unless he unless he pulls something in his shoulder or his arm. No, it's been two tired? years. Who cares if he's tired for a couple days? It's been two you know? years. Which It'll means he's just going to he's going to he's going to he's going to go over in a game or two after the All Star break, and then he'll yeah. come back. You know, whatever. But um, this is yeah. the Mets we're talking about, though. He and there and there has kind of things happen, John. This is true. This is and true. there hasn't been one since nineteen. So there, yeah, no, that's it. So that's that's why it's. it's still I, I would title. Yeah, I would say unless he's hurt, he should might as well go. Might as well. I think they should have an old timers home run derby. Why not? Why not? I think they should. I think you're right. So, you hit off a tee. Hitting off a tee. All right. Well, on that note, should we get to our uh, top ten? Sure. Uh, our top the, 35 list. Our top. It's a lot. It's a lot. Folks, today we're doing something different. We're not going to give you our top 10 uh, list. Wait, we're going to give you a top 10 list, I should say. It's going to be the top Mets of all time by position. Uh, we're going to go through the first team, and then we'll read off the second team. Um, we did both. Uh, but uh, we'll go through the, we'll go through the uh, first team first. The top Mets of all time by position. So let's, uh, let's bring that up. And we'll start off with uh, we'll start off with catcher. How about that? Why don't we start off with catcher? Uh, number one, or there's really not a number, but we're going to start off with catcher. Of course, that would be Mr. Mike Piazza, our first team catcher for the uh, Mets all-time list on this podcast tonight. Um, Mike Piazza, uh, Michael Joseph Piazza. Um, he was. Uh, I'm only going to say this for this one because of how it went down. He was drafted. In the 493rd round of the uh, was the 88 draft. Anyway, now was, he was drafted as a favor to his father from Tommy Lasorda, and he wound up in the Hall of Fame. You know, but uh, 12-time All-Star, uh, Rookie of the Year, 10-time uh, Silver Slugger Award. Uh, his Mets number 31 is retired. Member of the Hall of Fame, and on and on. You know that you know the drill. But um, yeah, Mike Mike Piazza is our uh, our catcher for uh, this list. Like I said, we have a uh, a um, second team. So, you guys want to say anything about uh, Mikey P? Uh, One of the best mullets of all time. There you go. There you go. Especially when frosted the top of it, right? Yeah, wasn't even close. This this one was a, a no brainer. This was obvious. Yeah, a lot of these. A lot, a lot of these were, are really. A lot obvious, of these were but... obvious, but yeah. So there you go. Except yeah. ex- except that Gary Carter's postseason play was oh, pretty sure. was pretty epic in '86. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, it it definitely was, and th- this one was it. It was close in that regard, but overall, no. You know, this is. I don't think any of these are really close. The Mets, unlike a lot of other teams that have been around a lot longer, they I mean, there's so a few great players. Well, that's not necessarily true. I just mean that they've had some really great players, and it seems most of these positions. I think we all agreed. I think on almost all of them, with the exception yeah. of maybe one, yeah. one or two. Yeah, um, but well, there you go. Our catcher is Mike Piazza. We'll move to first base. And of course, it's Keith Hernandez. Uh, Keith Hernandez is uh, uh, played for the Cardinals uh, for the first ten years of his career, and he was traded to the Mets. Played uh, seven years for the Mets. Just, I mean, it was a perfect timing, perfect acquisition. Uh, finished his career with, uh, with a, a season in uh, Cleveland, but five-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion in in '82 with the Cardinals, and in uh, in '86, of course, with the Mets. Uh, it was the NL MVP in '79 with the uh, Cardinals, but 
Uh, 11-time Gold Glove Award, two-time Silver Slugger Award, batting champion 79, Mets Hall of Fame. He just – Keith Hernandez was the, was, was the benchmark for, uh, you know, first baseman, at least at the time, uh, and, and going forward, but especially with the Mets. He, you know, there have been a lot of decent first basemen with the Mets, but Keith Hernandez was, was – Two good first, first basemen in those years in New York, that's for yeah, sure. This is true. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um. One retired, and, one retired a year too early. Well, uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I think Keith Hernandez is the only Mets to ever be on Seinfeld, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was the only Back into the right. Back into the right. Back into the right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I wonder how his date with Elaine was, actually. You know, but. I think his date with Jerry was more exciting. <laughs> there you go. So, first baseman, Keith Hernandez. Keith. Anything on Keith? Uh, I mean, you know, maybe the, well, certainly amongst the best pickups the Mets ever made. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> definitely one of the best. They seem to know how to pick up first baseman. They do. Yeah. They do. There you go. First baseman, Keith Hernandez. We'll move they, to. They made a lot of bad calls and getting <laughs> players, but uh, Keith Hernandez was not one Keith of them. Keith Hernandez was not one of them. Right? All right, we move to second base, and it's Fonzie, Edgardo Alfonso. Uh, Edgardo Antonio Alfonso. Um, he was with the Mets for the first eight years of his career, and then he was with the Giants for uh, a few years and jumped around a little bit after that. Angels for a year, Blue Jays for a year. Went to Japan after that. He managed up until a couple of years ago. He managed the uh, Mets uh, minor league team in Brooklyn. Uh, won the championship, too, a few years ago, right? And uh, then, unceremoniously, the Wilpons fired him, So, which is par for the course. Yeah, typical, so... In any event, he was definitely his glove uh, was amazing, and his uh, his bat was even better. Um, this this again wasn't uh, wasn't really close. Uh, Fonzie's definitely by far the uh, the best second baseman the Mets ever had. He was part of the he was part of that best infield ever uh, in uh, in baseball, but for the Mets in '99 uh, with uh, uh, which we call John Olerud at first and uh, Ordonez at short and Ventura at third. But that was and statistically still to this day the best infield ever. Uh, in the Major League Baseball. But Fonzie, just a great second baseman all around, hitting, fielding, everything. He did it all. He yeah. started. Yeah. Blue collar, worker guy. Absolutely. You know, dependable, reliable. And there was nobody who didn't like him. This is true. So, Harry, anything? He's pretty good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no Willie Randolph, but pretty good. There you go. There you go. Now, second baseman Edgardo Alfonso. We move to third base, and who do you who do you guys think this might be? Howard no. Johnson. <laughs> yeah, close. <laughs> David Wright. David. Uh, David. Um, David Allen Wright. Uh, not David Allen Greer. David Allen White. David, David Allen Wright. David Allen Greer was a good TH for many years. <laughs> he was. He was uh, for uh, for the Inland and Color team, but. Um, he uh, yeah he was with the he met his entire career never was on another team, um, definitely uh, was a big part of the push in eighty uh, in eight in eighty six. Why am I keep saying that? In two thousand six, when for all intents and purposes, should the Mets should have gone to and won the World Series, but uh, and and definitely came back in two thousand fifteen after being out for a couple months and helped out with the push to get to the World Series in twenty fifteen too. But uh, seven time All Star, two time Gold Glove Award. Two-time Silver Slugger Award, um, you know, just you know, personify what it meant to be a Met. So, uh, 
Pete, anything? Yeah, unfortunately, some uh, health problems. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just took a lot of time, took a lot of him out of the game for a lot of time. And, uh, you know, he did his damnedest to find ways to deal with it, with uh, surgeries and uh, all sorts of holistic treatments and stretching. And uh, he would spend like two and a half hours stretching before a game just to, to kind of get his back loose. But yep. uh, great player nonetheless. And, um, yeah, pretty again. Pretty easy call for David Wright. Yeah, Captain yeah. America. He was, he was, and he was a great two-way player. You know, he was good, great defensive third baseman. He was. There you go, number three. Uh, three B, number three B, number third three base. B, David number Wright. Three yeah. B. I'm just That's so used to doing that. that. Just so used to doing that. He played third uh, base, and he's three B. <laughs> he's three B. Three B. Uh, David Wright. There you go. Three C. Three C. So that would be uh, uh, I forget who that was. Anyway, so moving on to shortstop. Moving on to shortstop. It's been a couple of really good shortstops for the Mets, but this one edged them out. Uh, Jose, 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 Jose Bernabenes Reyes uh, spent the first uh, nine years of his career with uh, with the Mets. Uh, Miami for a year, Toronto for three years, Rockies for a year, and back to the Mets for three years. Uh, he he would have been – he's still the Mets' best shortstop ever, but he would have even been a better player had he never left the Mets in the first place. Um, the bouncing around kind of uh, took its toll a little bit. When he came back to the Mets, he wasn't what he was when he left. But um, still, just an amazing, uh, an amazing glove, uh, an amazing presence at short. And and his bat, I mean, for anybody can ground out triples uh, like he could. And his speed on the bases was insane. What's insane? So um, four-time All-Star, uh, all with the Mets. Um, Silver Slugger Award uh, in 06, uh, National League Batting Champion his last year with the Mets uh, in t- 2011, before he left, I should say. And uh, three-time uh, National League Stolen Bases Leader from 05 through 07. So that was, uh, like I said, his speed was uh, ridiculous. Um Pete, anything on uh, Jose? Yeah, I mean, you, you take uh, you know all the great defense of uh, some of the other uh, Met shortstops, and you had great hitting and absolutely phenomenal speed. You know, it's just he was kind of a throwback player in that sense. You know, yeah, yeah uh, and that he, he just he was going to run and he was going to go, and he just did it on natural talent. And uh, yeah, of course, when he uh, you know leads the league in hitting, and then he ends up. Uh, going somewhere else that's just fucking genius on the part of the Mets yeah well you know why wouldn't it be but there were I don't know I I, I don't even remember what there was some sort of controversy with him uh something he, I don't know something he said I can't even remember what it was but uh I, I that was li- I don't like Jeff <laughs> maybe yeah something like that something like, like that you know you know there's an asshole who owns this team and <laughs> I'm paraphrasing but uh I I don't honestly I don't even remember what it was but I mean, he did have some uh, domestic dispute or something like that, right? Well, that was when he was in Colorado before he came back to the Mets. Yeah, okay. Um, um, but, yeah, that, I, why why would you get rid of a guy that was that good? Because, you know, because he just he didn't, you know, he right. didn't kowtow to the idiocy. Right, well. You know, he, he wanted the Mets to be better, and he was outspoken about it. A lot of the uh, – there, there's been a lot of players like that. Yeah. But uh, – I mean, look, there's, there have been – that's changed now. So. There have been a handful – Certainly, I think we can all speak for our lifetimes. We're all roughly the same age of electric players in Mets history. Sure. Uh, 
I don't know, honestly, with the combination of all those tools, I don't know if there's anyone more electric than Jose Reyes. No, he was he was you know, quite the. Uh, yeah, quite I mean, the, the only thing he didn't do really, really well was hit a lot of home runs. Right. You know. And he still and he still banged a bunch of them out. I mean, he had 145 home runs for his entire yeah, career. No, I mean, a, that's, yeah, he was not a you know three home run a year guy, but right for for somebody that didn't hit home runs and and put the ball in play and and was a big extra bases hit yeah. hitter uh, for the majority of his career. Uh, he still hit a good good yeah. sample size of home runs. So. He could beat you with his bat. He could beat you with his legs. He could beat you with his glove. Right. You know. Exactly. And he according to his wife, he could beat you with his hands. Well, you know, yeah. he did have good hands. He did have a good pair of hands on him. So there you go. Shortstop, Jose Reyes. All right, we're going to move to the outfield. And here's a bit of a throwback for left field, Mr. Cleon Jones. Uh, Mr. Cleon Joseph Jones. Uh, you know, he's the... Uh, uh, you know, if you don't if you don't know who I'm talking about, if you ever saw um, Game Five, you know, or at least footage of Game Five of the '69 World Series, uh, the last uh, the last out um, made by the uh, Orioles when the Mets actually clinched and won the World Series, uh, caught by the outfielder who went down to a knee when he caught the ball, that was Cleon Jones. Um, and they and who hit that ball? Uh, that would be Davey Johnson. Yeah, that's right, Davey Johnson, who uh, who would the next time the Mets won the World Series was managing the Mets. So. He was on his knees in the dugout going, please, please. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Davey Johnson hit the ball for the Orioles, and Cleon Jones caught it, went down to a knee. And they interviewed him after they interviewed him years, a bunch of times. I've seen a bunch of interviews. And they always ask him, why did you get down to a knee? He says, I don't know. I had to do something. He said, I thought it was uh, something interesting to do. You know, we were. it was the end of the World Series. We won, so he wanted to do something that was memorable. And sure enough, whether it was whether whether you uh, liked it or not, it was definitely memorable, you know, going down to a knee like that. But hey, um, just a great left fielder, uh, great bat, great, uh, great glove, uh, great, great player, um, you know, solid clutch, clutch, clutch. in the '69 series, absolutely a huge clutch, part, yeah, huge, huge part of that series. That was his, that was his best year too. I mean, yeah. he was an all star that year, and uh, he he did fairly well in the in in the alt in the postseason that year as well but yeah played his entire career for the Mets except his last year he went to the White Sox for a little bit and and uh, just like got him one more year of playing out there but other than that he was a lifelong Met um and yeah and and from their second season on uh you know uh went on um but yeah he like again like I said clutch that was his best season uh all like I said all-star and a World Series champion 69 so played played in two World Series yep yes he did played in 73 in Yes, he did. Um, there you go. Left fielder, Cleon Jones. All right, we'll move to center field. Center field was a bit of a, a sticky point because <laughs> statistically, <laughs> um, statistically, there's somebody that's that was better than this particular gentleman, uh, but I think uh, devotion-wise to the team and heart-wise to the team uh, and also because of uh, – a little craw that two of the three of us have in our side still for 2006. Uh, this gentleman, this gentleman won out. So, on this particular list, our first team center fielder for the Mets is Mookie Wilson. Uh, yes, Mookie uh, William Hayward Mookie Wilson uh, was his uh, was his name. He wasn't born Mookie. That <laughs> was not his given name. Um, played for the Mets uh, from 1980 to 1989, ten years, and then he played for the Blue Jays for a few years before he uh, finished up. He's in the Mets Hall of Fame, won the World Series in 86. Um, had a, a, a career batting average of 274. You know, only had 67 home runs, but 
good RBI guy, uh, good uh, good play in center field, and if for nothing else, you know the little dribbler up the first base line that went through Buckner's legs, scoring Ray Knight in Game Six of '86. Um, that that gets the man, <laughs> the the uh, center field, the uh, first center field uh, position. Yeah, he was uh, not statistically the best center fielder uh, in Mets history. That really, that wasn't much of a contest if you simply look at it that way. He's, Mookie, he was consistent, though. He was yeah. consistent, and he meant more to Met fans. And of course, he was involved in through, you know, I mean, he hit what should have been an out. And, <laughs> uh, you know, look, Buckner never should have been out there in the first place. No, he should In that been. situation. Because he got hit, um, right? Aguilera hit him, right? I believe somebody hit him with the ball. I think it was Aguilera that. Uh, that hit yeah, him well, his his knees were shot. You know, his he never should have been out Buckner's there. knees were shot. Yeah. yeah, there should have been somebody out, better out there playing defense, you know, uh, especially at that point in the in the game. But look, Mookie is involved in you know one of the great moments in Mets history, a shining moment, and that other guy is involved in one of the darkest moments. And one you know one guy came through and the other guy didn't. So the guy that came through gets uh, my shot. There you go. Gets my vote for for greatest. Exactly. That, I mean, that was a weird year in baseball postseason play because you had the collapse of the Angels, uh, which I think I still think they were a better team than the Red Sox in '86. And uh, and then you had this. I mean, it was just crazy. It was it was an interesting postseason that year for sure. Yeah, it was. It was definitely an interesting postseason. Um, the Met, the Mets were such a good team that year. Um, just that Angels good. team was damn good. Yeah, the Angels team was good, but the Mets were just such. Rod a good team. Carew and Reggie Jackson, baby. There you go. Doug DeSensei and the Penguin. Doug DeSensei, Ron- oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> they had some good players on that Pull Angels up those team. names. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and here we have a uh, comment here uh, from John Donovan watching. Uh, said, you all know Beltron was a much better player. Cold third strike or not, Buckner ball or not. Yes, yes, I said it. We know, John, yes. But you agree with some, us, though, don't some, you? <laughs> somebody had Beltron first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't have quite the personal strife that uh, you guys you, 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 you don't have quite the personal strife that the two of us, no. or three, actually, because John Donovan wasn't too happy with him in 06 either, if I recall. Sometimes but, uh, you you got to look past the numbers. Exactly. <laughs> hey, sometimes, sometimes you got to look past the numbers. I thought you were going to say sometimes you got to look past the mistakes. Nope. Sometimes you got to look past yeah, the numbers. You got to look past. You went the, the other way around. And and then he and then he also commented Dave Stapleton should have been in. <laughs> so, hey, well, it was a good thing he wasn't right. <laughs> you know, when it comes down to it, uh, it was a yeah. good thing he wasn't. So. Um, yes, yes. Uh, Carlos Beltran was a, was was a statistically a much better center fielder than Mookie Wilson. I'm not say much better, just a better center fielder than Mookie Wilson. But he, he was considerably better. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, look, I mean, I, I will admit when you know I, I kind of went through the positions and I went center field and I went well. Beltran mm-hmm. was really the best center fielder they ever had. Beltran was the best center fielder. They no ever way had, I'm voting for that guy. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of this too is when when you say like the, you know the number one team or the number one players, best players all time. If we're just doing stats, yeah, that's one thing. But I, I'm, I'm bringing heart into, uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, you know what? I mean, Mookie's ball that went through Buckner's legs, that it didn't go through Buckner's legs because of the way Mookie hit it. It went through Buckner's legs because Buckner didn't 
Yeah, because Buckner it. couldn't bend his knees. <laughs> you know, he couldn't get down <laughs> to pick up the ball. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so uh, you know, in retrospect, yes, Beltron probably belongs in this position. But for this list tonight, we put Bookie. So there you go. Uh, That's Bookie. why I'm not a professional broadcaster. There you go. Well, you are. Too much hard. I put too I, much I, hard. I, I still think the 86 Angels would have won. There you go. Yes, you do. So, I mean, would, do you want do you want to hear the starting team? No, because they didn't win. They didn't win, and they didn't even yeah. play in the World Series. Go ahead. Well, I'll I'll take Mookie Wilson over here. We'll pause before we move on. You get read the starting team for the Bob Eagles. Boone, Wally Joyner, Bobby Gritch, Dick Schofield, Doug DeSensei, Brian Downing, Gary Pettis, Rupert Jones, and Reggie Jackson. With Devin White and Mark Mclemore coming off the bench, they had Mike Witt, Don Sutton, John Candelaria, and Will and uh, Kirk McCaskill. As they're starting pitchers, I'm I'm telling you, man. If it wasn't for Donnie, poor Donnie Moore, that Angels team is destined. Anyway, I hear you. Yeah, they're right up there. There was there was some good baseball. Uh, there there was there was good. There was, there was really good, good baseball. baseball. There was really year. good baseball in in the eighties. Um, yeah, but that uh, Red Sox team wasn't too shabby either. And the Mets team, that was obviously a great Mets team. It was a great Mets team. The Mets had a great team for for who did four the Mets who, who did the Mets beat in the the yeah, I'll see yeah, Houston. Houston, that's right. Houston was in the National League then. Yep. So, I still, I still think they're in the National League, even though I know that they're not. <laughs> <laughs> still think the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, are, Milwaukee the, Brewers. Well, they flip flop with Milwaukee. Yeah. Milwaukee yeah. was in the, the Brewers American have, League. Yeah. Which twice in our lifetimes, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Mookie, Mookie Wilson. Mookie, Mookie Wilson. All right, we'll move on to right field. Right. Oh, wait a minute. We got another comment here. Let's just see what it said. Up, uh, oh, John Donovan said, uh, "Mets had a better team." Mets had a better team. Mets had a better team. And we'll he, never, we'll never know. And he's just for the record, he loves Mookie. Well, no, yeah, we'll yeah, never we know. Do, we do know because they won. We know. And that's yeah, the yeah. test. But the they didn't, they, they didn't team. play each other. Uh, well, this is well, true. so obviously they were. The Angels were not good. They weren't they, good they, enough they, to get they, there. They so weren't good could, enough to get. Well, there. How could they be a better team if they weren't good enough to get there? Right. So. Um, I think the, I don't know. It's something yeah. of a con- convoluted sense of logic. Convoluted there. sense of logic, but it works <laughs> for this conversation. It works. So. I know. All right, let's move on to right field. Right field D. I wonder who we're picking oh, for right field. Gosh. This is uh, this is uh, Jay Bruce, right? I think so. Jay Bruce, yes. If only been with the team another year, he might have a shot. I know, possibly. Daryl Strawberry, folks. Daryl Strawberry. Um, Daryl Eugene Strawberry uh, uh, first appeared for the Mets in '83. Played uh, eight seasons with the Mets. I uh, went to the Dodgers for uh, <clears throat> for, uh, for uh, three seasons, uh, the Giants for a season, and then played on the Yankees for four years. Won another couple World Series with three uh, with the uh, another okay another few World Series. Excuse me, I was just using it as a figure of speech. But you want to be exact? There you go, another three World Series with the Yankees. In any event, um, and that's always a trivia question, right? Here you go. I'll, I'll, I'll give this to you. Who was the only person to be specifically? you know, involved in one shape, one way, shape, or form with all four New York baseball teams. Anybody? Anyone? All four all New York four baseball New York, teams? The, the Mets, the Yankees, the New York Giants, and the Brooklyn Dodgers. Obviously an older player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is it? Definitely There's Mookie one. Wilson. Only that. <laughs> Only one, uh, only one person. Only one person. Uh, 
Joe Torre. Who's not Joe Torre? No, 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 no. Um, I don't know. Tell us, John. I will tell you. That would be Casey Stengel. Casey Stengel. Casey there Stengel. you go. Oh, Casey, Casey Stengel. Stengel. However, Daryl Strawberry was also somebody that was involved with the Mets, the Those Yankees, four teams, the, yeah. the, the same teams, but the other two were in California when he was there. So that's all. That's the only reason I brought it up. Anyway, uh, eight-time All-Star, four-time World Series champion, uh, NL Rookie of the Year in 83, two-time Silver Slugger Award, uh, National League Home Run Leader in 88, in the Mets Hall of Fame. Just, uh, and he's a great guy, too. Uh, he, you know, he may, might have had issues, you know, back in the day, but uh, uh, not as many as uh, some other uh, players, player players. We can get into that at another point in time. But by far, with his bat and his glove in the field, the best right fielder the Mets uh, ever, ever did have. Pete? Yeah, straw. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunate that he uh, had issues with uh, drugs. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was he, it was he, the eighties. Yeah, the 80s. yeah, and 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 apparently that, especially that uh, that eighty six team and some of the teams there in the in the later eighties were was a bit of a zoo <laughs> in every sense of the word. It, it really so, was. It's but, unfortunate I mean, listen, too because you know because he, you, you take him and well, I'll get to it in America. Yeah, I mean you can say, oh, geez, what would he have done? You know, if he hadn't, uh, you know, if he right. stayed clean and lost, you know, hadn't lost time and blah blah. But I mean, you know. The guy still won four World Series. <laughs> you know, it's not yes, like he, he had three good years and then it's disappeared like he, yeah, into he, rehab, you know. Right. He I just mean, did, it, was, it was amazing. The way he, and that was it. Yeah, he yeah. dealt with it for as long as he did and was still able to play. You know, that that's kind of the thing that makes you go, wow, you know, what would he have done right. if he was able to, you know, to deal with that and still be the great player that he was. Right. I agree. Know? He was a physical specimen, and he had yeah he he had one of the sweetest swings I've ever seen. On he really did, yeah. I mean, and for a couple of years there, you could argue he was maybe the best player in baseball. Yeah, he was definitely uh, he was definitely one one of them, if not the best right. uh, position player in baseball. That was for sure. And um, yeah, and then there were a lot of players on the Mets that were you know some of the pitching was ridiculous too. We'll get to that right now. Uh, but as far as right field goes, the last the position players for our first team would be. Right field, Daryl Strawberry. All right, let's move on to our pitching staff. We got five uh, starters, and we're going to start off with uh, the franchise himself. Uh, starting pitcher one would be Mister Tom Seaver. Tom, terrific. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he. Uh, oh, geez, in '69 he went 25 and seven uh, that year with a 2.21 ERA and 208 strikeouts. His 25 wins are still a single season Mets record. Um, and the way DeGrom gets run support, I don't think there's any risk of that changing anytime soon. So, but uh, in any event. Yeah, I, I think he was, did he make our list of all-time Who's top that? pitchers? Yeah. Seaver. Seaver, yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, he, was on, he, was, he, was, he was on our list, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tom Terrific, would, you know. <laughs> yeah, the guy was incredible. And, yeah. you know, a good guy and. You know, a role model, definitely somebody you. Uh, oh yeah, you know, you oh yeah, definitely wouldn't mind if your kids, you know, want to be like Tom Seaver. No, no, definitely not. But uh, hey, I don't. Uh, oh, that's the wrong list here. Um, yeah, t- there's what. What can you say about Tom Seaver? I mean, you know, he he was with the Mets. They in that trade was it seventy five, and when he went to the Reds, that was just that was that was a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. 
Uh, that should have never happened. But um, yeah, he should have been. A, yeah, he should have been a. Med- that was not one of their better moves. That was not, not at all, <laughs> not at all one of their better moves by any means. Um, but yeah, he uh, he was. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> just uh, just crazy. But he was brought he was brought up in seventy uh, sixty seven. Um, he became uh, the first uh, Met to win uh, National League Rookie of the Year. He went sixteen and thirteen with a two seventy six ERA in, in sixty seven, and then went sixteen and twelve in sixty eight, and then sixty nine. Uh, like we said, uh, went uh, went twenty five and seven. But um, he he really was the franchise. He personified the Mets, and um, along with Mike Piazza, he closed out Shea Stadium and opened up City Field. Right, so last pitch thrown it. Chase Stadium was uh, Seaver to Piazza, and the, the first pitch thrown at City Field was the same. So, uh, Harry, anything on uh, Tom Terrific? I mean, he's the best bat of all time. You know, I don't think there's anybody close. And I think what people don't realize is that in that 69 World Series, he lost game one. Yeah. Um, came back and pitched a 10-inning complete game in game four. Mm-hmm. Uh, winning the Mets won two to one. Two to one, and uh, there were close games in in the sixty. I mean, he's uh, you know the thing with Tom Seaver has always been he's just always been consistently good. And yes, he doesn't have the postseason attempts, or, or he wasn't afforded the postseason opportunity that a lot of other great pitchers have had. Mm-hmm. But you know, he did something. Much like Joe Namath, he he is to the Mets what Joe Namath was to the Jets. Right. Totally different person, totally different way of carrying himself, totally different way of, of actually performing because he was, uh, unlike Namath, he was one of the best, if not the best at his position during that time. Right. I, I still I, – I, I just think he's the best Met of all time. And 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 look, I I think someday DeGrom might be there right next to him. You'll be talking about oh, both yeah. of them together. Yeah, but – you can take you can take uh, you know so there's going to be another guy on this list and of course Strawberry and and Mike Piazza and Hernandez and Cleon Jones you take all those guys the first you you'd say the Mets name a Met and unless you're 12 years old you're gonna you're gonna say Tom Seaver sure absolutely he's Mister Met he is. The franchise, Tom Terrific, Tom Seaver. twelve time All Star, three time Cy Young Award winner. Three times Cy Young Award winner, yeah, and, yeah. and his uh, his win loss record uh, uh, in seventy two was uh, definitely one of my favorites. He went twenty one and twelve, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rush fans really like that. But uh, in any event, there you go. Starting pitcher number one, Tom Seaver. All right, we'll go to starting pitcher number two, um, Jacob Degrom. Uh, Jacob Degrom gets uh, gets the uh, slot in for the second starting pitcher. I mean, he's just been. Uh, he's just been amazing. I mean, he's he's the best. You know, as as a lot of people have said, a lot of uh, sports pundits, uh, you know, in the last uh, last you know little bit have said he's the best pitcher in the world right now, um, and he really is. And and this is amazing too because in college he was a shortstop. <laughs> you know, he he uh, he uh, and he got brought up in 2014 uh, to go in the bullpen and uh, and uh, and pitch some uh, long relief and and look where he is now. You know. It would just be, you know, I'm so glad that he won the two Cy Youngs that he's won, you know. And, of course, they were in uh, in uh, 20, uh, 2018 and 2019. He's a three-time All-Star, obviously, uh, in 1819, also in 2015. 
and a two-time first-team uh, uh, MLB first-team in 19 and last year. But uh, rookie of the year in 2014, uh, ERA leader in 2018 was amazing, and uh, strikeout leader uh, last year and uh, the year before. Uh, and he um, he's just so dominant on the mound. It's it's ridiculous. And if he could only get some of the run support that he really should have, he probably have almost twice the wins that he has. <laughs> you know, he's seventy one and fifty two. He'd be, uh, you know, he'd be one twenty something and twenty two. <laughs> you know, uh, between uh, run support and uh, and bullpens not you know closing him out. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah. Um, what can you say, Pete? Yeah, I, I don't know. I have trouble putting Jason DeGra- uh, Jacob DeGrom on this list right now um, because while he is a phenomenal pitcher and he is a Met uh, through no fault of his own, of course, he hasn't. They haven't won with him. No. And no. again, it's not his fault. He has not gotten run support, and mm-hmm. a lot of games have been blown. I just I don't know if I can put somebody on a team's all time great list. Well, they've if won they with haven't... him. They haven't won a World Series with him. They've no, that's what I mean. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't yeah. won a championship with him, but they've they they've won playoff uh, series. Yeah, you know. So, but that's um... you know, <laughs> if Tom yeah. Seaver, you know, won some playoff series, we we'd still be talking about him. As a... and, and also, there's got to be you know, I mean, let maybe, me let me let me use your let me use your you. logic. I, I I think the winning part I don't necessarily agree with. If you want to say he hasn't, it doesn't have enough of a resume. I understand that. Well, that's, well, part, let's, that's part let's, of it too. Let's just say who you had as your number one catcher. Granted, right. Right. Gr- did they ever really win with him? No, no, they didn't win with. They no, win but, with he, Piazza, but he was yeah. Just well, look, use, listen, using your Gary, own logic. No, Gary Gary Carter was a close second. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just because saying of the, you know, only because of, of of that. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. yeah. I, I hear you. I, I look. I I had no problem putting Degrom on this list just because he's that good. Yeah, he's dominant and he's incredible. I just, and how I many years has he been on the Mets now? This is his eighth year. Yeah. So it's not like it's it's not a big sample. It's not a small sample. No. He's, kind of, he's right, kind of at that you know the Kofax line, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would argue, I would put David Cohn on on you know uh, on this list and the Yankees list. And I don't think he pitched eight years for either of them. He didn't pitch eight years for either the Mets or the Yankees. Yeah. And there's and there's and the next player on this list didn't pitch eight years for the Mets. So right. um Of course yeah. I suppose if I'd actually picked five pitchers, I might have put them on. <laughs> this is true. I, I guess I didn't understand the assignment. I think I only picked three, right? I I, I think we massaged yeah. it a little bit, but hey, yeah. so, uh, I couldn't I you know, I wanted to have DeGrom on the list, and there's a couple other pitchers that I added that I thought deserved to be on this list, especially because of you know, they're a lot of people don't realize how good how good they were. Yeah, I mean, Tom Seaver was good, but there there were some other pitchers on that oh, team yeah. that were really good. Same thing in in '86. I mean, that that Mets team. Um, everybody talks about Dwight Gooden, but they they were kind of maybe the first team in baseball to really really have a, a stacked bullpen and just go really deep with their middle relief pitchers. So I mean, I mean, I think Degrom belongs up here. And, and, and look, uh, I hope he follows in the footsteps of Daryl Strawberry and David Cohn, and uh, you know, comes across to, comes across the river. I'm not upset with him being on the list. 
No, just not, I know you're not. Uh, I know you're not. I know you're not, not. not as uh, willing to put them on. Look, I, I, I could argue right now that the two. I think I, I. I think I can honestly say this. I don't know if you guys would agree with me. I think the two best pitchers in baseball are in New York, and I'm not sure either of them are going to win World Series in the, in, in their prime. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And if you want to, you talk about you're talking about obviously Degrom and Cole. Yeah. And as far as uh, as far as that goes, are probably the probably the third best pitcher in in Major League Baseball is in Cleveland. And is he going to win? You know, right. Bieber is he going to win one? Right. Although, what's his name on the Dodgers is looking pretty darn good. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's always Bueller. Good, I mean, not a. I know you. Yeah, I, yeah. Not Kershaw, but yeah. And not uh, what's his name? But yeah, look, the the Grom and Cole are kind of cut from the same cloth. I think yeah. the Grom's, uh, you know, has just has he's kind of a throwback and kind of a fu- the futuristic pitcher. I can't really quite figure him out. He uh, there's nobody that he reminds me of from the past. Well, as long as the batters can't figure him out, then. right? I mean, he just it's not all power. It's fantastic location. Um. I mean, he's you know, pro- I maybe a little bit of Ron Gittry. I think it's confidence, probably as much as anything else. You know, there are a lot of guys who can have really good stuff, but they don't have confidence in it. It's it, it, it is it changes it, the way you throw. Degrom right. always seems like whatever pitch he's going to throw, he feels like it is absolutely the right pitch, and you know, most of the time it is. So, like, it's a self fulfilling prophecy, but. Right. I would say that's to me. That's probably. I mean, yes, he's got great stuff, but the confidence to throw that pitch well, when, and, you, and, when you and, feel and, like you're doing the right thing, you're gonna, you know, it's gonna be more natural. You're not worried about being too perfect with it, and you let, you know, you let your talent, you let that muscle memory take over, and you give it your best because you feel like this is definitely the right pitch for right now. And, so. and he's a big guy, yet he, to me, he doesn't. You know, he's what is he, six four, six five? He doesn't come across as that sometimes to be. He just he's he has this great ability to balance power and precision and yeah, the confidence thing. And that's why he reminds me of Ron Gidry, even though Gidry was a, a southpaw and had a much different kind of delivery. Is there something elastic about Jacob deGrom that I can't really quite explain, but he just has something that other pitchers don't have. And it's, it's the ability to really, when he has to just it's, it's in his approach to how he pitches, he can go deep into games and, and you don't really see him losing steam, which is getting back to what we talked about last week is that I'd love to see him go deeper into games. It would be nice if they let him. Um, But that was in the beginning of the season. I think that's happened now. I mean, he, he did pitch, you know, he, 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 he was uh, what he pitched. He pitched a complete game last week, but it was, of course, it was a seven inning, uh, right. know, the seven inning double. Yeah, was, so. yeah, that was that was news that we had a couple guys that pitched seven whole innings. Oh, well, and he pitched <laughs> he pitched here in uh, in Denver, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. you got to figure you got to figure guys will be stretched out by the end of April. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so well, there you yeah. Go. Does a seven inning complete game count as a complete game, or yep. does it get a little asterisk next? Complete to it? game should have an asterisk next to it. Should, but uh, wait, we got a comment here. Who's uh, coming in? Uh, John Donovan. Uh, he's uh, commenting. Uh, he also added a four to five miles an hour to his fastball, which is unprecedented. He did. Well, that's the steroids. 
Take yeah. up the Grom taking steroids. That's funny. <laughs> he, he say he's not big and imposing now. Just give him another year. Oh yeah, yeah. He's big and imposing. He's just he, it's not all power with him. No, but it's, he's not Arondis, like Aroldis Chapman's big and opposing, and I, 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 he makes me nervous every time he goes, takes. No, but the, the Grom is like not. He's not bulky. You know, yeah. he's he's somewhere between you know a guy like Chapman or you know. He's Armando more like Benitez he's and, kind of more like Mariano Rivera, who's yeah, kind of built yeah, like. Exactly. Although he's taller, but he's he just seems to have that elasticity in his arm that very few pitchers ever do. And you know, much like Tom Seaver, he just seems to have the mechanics down where it's just every time out. Yeah, he does. Number two, number two, number starting SP2. pitcher number two, SP two, Jacob Degrom. All right. Let's move on to starting pitcher number three. Of course, this would be Doc Gooden, Dwight Gooden. Uh, not a uh, uh, different name to the show. Last week we did the uh, K-Corner show. Uh, it was all about Doc Gooden and everything else. But, uh, uh, yeah, he's uh, – let's see. What do we got? Uh, in 1984, Gooden went 17-9 with a 2.60 ERA and a career-high 276 strikeouts. And he followed up in 85 with 24-4. and four. 24 wins and four only four losses with a 1.53 ERA and 268 strikeouts and a Cy Young. So, uh, yeah, he had uh, a few amazing uh, years there. And unfortunately, like we talked about before, um, you know, uh, drugs, uh, you know, and, and all that he got into derailed that. And uh, and it's unfortunate, you know, you couple that you couple him seriously. What we, we've we've said this before, uh, Doc Gooden and uh Daryl Strawberry, both of them should have roller skated into Cooperstown. You know, first ballot, bing, bing, boom, right in. And drugs derailed it. And they should they should be, along with a lot of other people, and I'm just pointing them and singling them out, but they should be definitely the cautionary tales that are shown to a lot of players. And, you know, it's 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 sad, but, you know, uh, they, they were able to revive their careers. And obviously, uh, Strawberry won three other World Series with the Yankees, and Gooden did come back on that 86, uh, 96 team. I keep saying 86. you got to play that number tonight. Well, those were the glory uh, years. Those were the glory years, yeah. You're a Mets uh, fan. I know. 86, 86, 86, 86, 86, But with the Yankees in 96, and Gooden, you know, got, got another World Series. So, But uh, in any event, yeah, uh, you know, Doc Gooden was just, uh, you know, when he came up, it was just amazing. It was electric. It was crazy. And, uh, yeah, and that whole, that, yeah, mate, you're watching this. If you didn't check out our K-Corner episode, uh, which is about a week and a half ago, check that out because that, there's a lot of fun stuff and a lot of good information in there about all that went on back then. It was pretty cool. So yeah. check that out. Um, I, I, I still think one of the best pitching duels I've ever seen was Gooden against Earl Hershiser in, what was that? 87, maybe 88, 88, and I'll say it, 88. Yeah, just incredible. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 157 and 85 as a bet with a 310 ERA. That's, you know. He never won a postseason game. 2,169.2 innings pitched, 123 home runs given up. That's yeah. a pretty good number. That's pretty good. 60, yeah. 67 complete games and 23 shutouts. I mean. Uh, but again, never won a postseason game. Yeah. Nope. No, he didn't. So, didn't. you know, he, but, you know, that, he, and let me tell you something, too, that 
good and and strawberry and all a lot of those Mets on on those eighties teams had for him. They were the talk of the town. I mean, oh, they boy. they were just they were the talk of the town for good at first, and then you know other things happened yeah. because because <laughs> of uh, you know we're not so good at and then not so well good. yeah. But they were, um, you know, they were, they were, they were, they were highly, highly loved by the media, and they, you know, they they made them much like the Nets now with Durant and Harden mm-hmm. and uh, Flat Earther. Um, the the Mets back then, man, they they were they were way more of the talk of the town than the Yankees in, in those years. All the all all the things he could choose from to make fun of Kyrie. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember his name. About personal days. Personal days. Personal days, Kyrie. (laughs) Tell you what, man. Again, if you want to come across the river, you're more than welcome. Crazy bastard. We'll get into it later, but I think the toast of the town right now of anybody is Julius Randle. But we'll we'll get into more of that uh, after the break. Whatever. I won't. Say anything now. There you Let's right. get through this I, I list. We're already Let's like get through this shit, yeah. At ninety-two uh, minutes into this list. So yeah, <laughs> ninety-two minutes into the list. Not the this show. is a long this list. A long list. All right. All right. Starting pitchers. Starting pitcher yeah, three. Yeah, well, we can we can move we can move a little faster. Here you go. Starting <laughs> pitcher number three was Dwight Good. All right, we'll move to starting pitcher number four, Jerry Kuzman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't do coke. Next Jerry, guy. He Jerry was good. Kuzman. Old school guy. Sixty nine. He went seventeen and nine with a two point twenty nine ERA. And, and he was, he was great in the postseason. He was awesome yeah. in the postseason, yeah. Jerry. Uh, Jerry Kuzma Jersey. Was just, Jersey, 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 Jersey Kuz. I didn't put Jersey. How did that even happen? <laughs> Jersey Kuz. You know what? When, when I the hear R is a couple of keys away from the S. John. When you hear when you hear Jersey Kuz, then you know. Hey, I think I got the Jersey Kuz. I'm like, oh fuck. That's Listen, this was acceptable. You got to the, you gotta get to the clinic. This was acceptable when you were doing the beer cast, you know, an hour before we came on, but not right. now. <laughs> <laughs> can't blame it on the law. Well, I don't understand that because I type it here and then I copy it and paste it over here. And it says Jerry over here. So I don't know, know how it got the jersey over here. I don't know. That's crazy. But yeah, anyway, yeah, Jerry Kuzman was, was uh, great. Uh, see, I wasn't talking about Jerry Kuzman. I was talking about Jersey Kuzman. It's his cousin. So, but uh, anyway, now Jerry Kuzman was great. One of the uh, one of the best uh, one of the best Mets. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's drafted in '64. Uh, made his professional debut in '67. Uh, didn't really uh, do too well that year. He went 0 and 2 with a 6.04 ERA, but he just was lights out after that. 19 games he won the year after with a 2.08 ERA, 178 strikeouts. 69 was crazy, and uh, you know, it, it, on from there. It just you know, check it out. But he's number four on our list. Uh, and I think the only Met to be arrested and spend six months in jail on tax evasion. Uh, yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah. That's that's the Jersey part of it. That's the Jersey part. There <laughs> yeah, go. overall, he was all he was only three games over five hundred in his Mets career. Yeah, yeah. but uh, one hundred forty, hundred thirty seven, one hundred eight complete games. Well, he had his best years in you know, like sixty eight, sixty nine. You know, yeah. so there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, Jerry Kuzman, not not to be confused with Jersey Kuzman. Jersey Kuzman. Jerry Kuzman. Jersey Kuzman. And rounding out our top five uh, starting pitchers for this particular lineup. Ah, nice. I had no idea who this was. Sid Fernandez. Fernandez. Again, kind of an underrated uh, forgotten man. Yeah, El Sid. 
El Cid. El Cid. Yeah, originally, I think, uh, originally, uh, originally came up with the Dodgers, uh, and then uh, and then went over the Mets. Um, but yeah, he uh, he sort of toiled in obscurity even when he was playing well. I think he went uh, he went sixteen and six in uh, in eighty six, uh, two hundred strikeouts. Uh, yeah, he's a young guy still, yeah. Sid Fernandez. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, any uh, <laughs> we'll wrap up uh, Sid on that note, or uh, we'll yeah, listen, he was uh, fourteen and five in eighty nine, and mm-hmm. one fourteen and ninety six overall. So, well, his biggest moment uh, in for, the for uh, the Mets that is his biggest moment. Oh, no, I'm sorry, ninety eight and uh, one fourteen and. Uh, 96 overall, 98 and 78. 20 games over in 10 years for the Mets. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, hey, that's two a year. Right. But he was, a, he was a quality guy. He was. He was. I don't, he, I don't think he was – well, I mean, not that uh, 16 and 6 is anything to sneeze about. Pitched pitch for 15 years Yeah, and, and, he, try, and tried to do more. He showed up in 2001 at Yankee spring training. Yeah, yeah, he was not regularly spectacular, but he was quality. He was. He was. And in Game Seven of the '86 World Series, uh, uh, Ron, Dar- Ron Darling was money, and Ron Darling was struggling at one point in the game. They pulled him. Uh, Johnson pulled him and put in uh, Fernandez. He retired seven straight batters uh, in a row. Um, you know to get to uh, to get to um, uh, you know obviously, and uh, then the uh, somebody uh, on this list and a couple of names uh, closed it out after that. But we'll get there. Well, Fernandez has the fourth lowest ratio of hits allowed per innings pitched in Major League history, behind only Nolan Ryan, Clayton Kershaw, and Sandy Koufax. That's crazy. Led the league in hits per nine three seasons. Yeah, all of them right around. Uh, well, he one of, he yeah. was also a guy who didn't always have the best run support behind him. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, yeah, I mean. That that's a that's yeah, a, he was, a common he was, occurrence. He <laughs> so. was there for some of the bad years too. Yeah, yeah he was. He was. Yeah, he hung around throughout those early nineties uh, bad <laughs> times. So the we'll, glory talk, we'll talk days. about them. Though. The glory days of the nineties. Exactly. There you go. Starting pitcher number five, Sid Fernandez. All right, we'll uh, get to our relief pitchers, and that's our uh, number. Uh, that's our number number one. Our first team. There you go. So relief pitcher number one, Johnny Franco. Uh, Johnny Franco, he still holds the Mets franchise record with 276 career saves. Um, you know, of course, he, he pitched for 75 years to get. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, just a joke, just a joke. Uh, no, Johnny only, Franco, Johnny Franco is Mr. Met. The only Franco who played longer was Julio Franco. Julio Franco, right, yeah, exactly. Um, no, uh, Johnny Franco was just, I mean, he, again, he, he was one of those guys that personified the Mets. James, I mean, J- uh, James Franco's dad, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Why not? Why not? Uh, sure. He taught him everything he knew about acting. Uh, so, but um, yeah, I mean, any anything that had to be done, would he play Santa Claus every year? Uh, John Franco did, right? But sure. uh, you know, yeah, he, he went through a couple of tough times there in the in the nineties, but definitely one of the best relief pitchers for the Mets, right? Yeah, so. I mean, eighty six, he threw one hundred and one innings. <laughs> that's uh, that's a lot. Yeah. Or reliever. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, Franco was, you know, he was that guy. He was Johnny Franco. But then, you know, yeah, kind of abrasive. and But he was a tough guy and a fighter. and you know. He was the John Leguizamo of the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
pretty much. Um, but in any event, uh, number one, relief pitcher on this list, John Franco. All right, let's move on to relief pitcher number two. That would be Jesse Orozco. Jesse Orozco, um, 86, he racked up 21 saves, which is very clutch throughout the playoffs, um, and was very clutch throughout the playoffs, I should say. Uh, but he, uh, you know, after that, after Sid Fernandez came in, you know, and, and picked up uh, uh, from where uh, Ron Darling left off in that game seven, you know, that's the scene right there. You know, uh, the ball going through Buckner's legs in game six, and then, of course, Jesse Orozco throwing his mid up in the air. And uh, and Gary Carter rushing rushing out to uh, to uh, to grab him. That's you know when they won the World Series. That was uh, that was that scene there. So, but uh, yeah, Jesse Roscoe just a lights out uh, relief pitcher for the Mets. And opened up a number of uh, Red Lobsters, I believe, right after that. Yeah, from seventy nine <laughs> seventy nine to two thousand. Photo mats. He opened up photo mats. Uh, early Kinkos. Early Kinkos. He, um, he, he pitched till he was like 46 years old or something outrageous. He's a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they got the Mets, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, they got uh, uh, they got him in the deal when they traded Jerry Guzman uh, from, uh, uh, in 78. So. Yep. But, uh, yeah, he uh, just just a really good relief pitcher for the Mets. Anyway, relief pitcher number two, Jesse Roscoe. We'll uh, throw it back before that to, uh, to the uh, – uh, you know, yesteryear, if you will, for relief pitcher number three, Tug McGraw. Tug McGraw, he went eight and six, uh, tied his career high in uh, in, six, in uh, 73, rather, with uh, 1.70 ERA and set another career high with 27 saves uh, with a, uh, and five and six uh, with a uh, 3.87 ERA and 25 saves in 73, that was. So um, he coined the phrase, uh, you got to believe. You know, that was him. That was him. And he... Uh, didn't spend his entire career with the Mets. He went to the Phillies after that, um, but he did. Uh, he did manage to have uh, his son Tim, who a lot of people know now. So <laughs> uh, we got a bunch of comments here, and there's John here. <laughs> uh, we'll 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 comment those afterwards. Tug McGraw. There I think that's an Urban Dictionary uh, entry as well. Yeah, you look at him in the early seventies, seventy one and seventy two. He's thrown over a hundred innings. Mm-hmm. And he's at one one eleven and seventy one, one hundred and six and seventy two. ERA of a buck seventy. Yeah, yeah. He was he was pretty he was pretty good. Such a dominant ERA. Yeah, yeah. He was so crazy good. And the that'll bring us out of. Is he more of a Met or more of a Philly? He's more of a Met. I remember. I think he was with the Phillies for one year longer, but I think I remember him with as both. But I think he was. Maybe in the spotlight a little bit more as a Philly, just because of those years that um, were, didn't they go to the World Series with him? And uh, well, look at nineteen eighty, one forty six ERA, seventy nine. He was uh, yeah, up over five, but and then eighty one, two sixty six. So you know he still had still had some good years in him as far as ERA, but didn't yeah, did. didn't pitch nearly as much. You look at him with the Mets. Yeah. He they, was pitched up, the, they pitched you know, the same many years. He was sixty-five to seventy-four yeah. with the Mets, and seventy-five to eighty-four with the. With the, the Mets, he was throwing a hundred, uh, ninety, one hundred and six, one hundred and eighteen innings, eighty-eight innings. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he was around forever. Yeah, well, it's a long career, nineteen years. He was a two-time All-Star, uh, one once with the Mets and once with the Phillies. He was a two-time World Series champion once with the uh, once with the Mets and once with the Phillies. Yeah, so I think I just remember him more as a Philly because I wasn't really. 
conscious during his time with the Mets. That's, uh, that's just, uh, we're just too young. Right, yeah. So, but um, uh, he uh, just, uh, he, was, he was one of those guys that you, that you wanted in the clubhouse. You know? Yeah. Um, just the uh, cheerleader, if you will, too. But uh, especially with the whole, you got to believe. There you go. Uh, relief pitcher number three, Tug McGraw. So we'll move on to relief pitcher number four is Roger McDowell. Roger McDowell, he had an amazing 14-9 and nine, uh, record uh, out of the bullpen uh, in 86, with uh, along with a 3.02 ERA and 22 saves. Uh, he was uh, he was lights out then, too. Um, Pete? Uh, yeah, McDowell was um, pretty pretty phenomenal. Um, five years with the Mets and four with the Dodgers, two with the Phillies. He was productive throughout all of them. Yeah, one uh, of the one of the more undersung pitchers in the history of the game. Yeah, definitely. I remember Roger, him definitely Roger, as a Met. Roger Allen McDowell, and then when he retired from baseball, he uh, he opened up a, uh, a, a McDonald's knockoff uh, uh, food store, uh, you know, uh, restaurant. McDowell's. In, uh, in uh, yeah, in uh, in Jamaica Queens, I thought it was a woodworking show. He's he's a little nutty. If you ever listen to him, he's a little McDonald's. nutty. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, still, uh, you know, he was he was uh, he was a coach with the Orioles up until a couple of years ago. Still, yeah. too, so and uh, uh, the Braves wasn't he pitching coach for the Braves? He was a too? coach for the Braves for for eleven years. He was a coach for the Braves. And uh-huh. he, I stand corrected. He also made a cameo in a two-part episode of Seinfeld called the. He was in the same two episodes as Keith, Keith Hernandez. Hernandez was he? Yeah. There you go. But was he Roger McDowell in those? Yes. Episodes? Oh, okay. Yes, he was. Roger McDowell. I, I neither of you like my uh, McDowell's joke from coming to America, but anyway. Well, we, we try to speed the thing along and yeah, not bring too much attention to the. I got gotcha. To the dad um, joke. So, relief pitcher number four, Roger McDowell. All right, and then rounding it out, relief pitcher number five, and who we would want in as our closer, Mister Billy Wagner. Uh, yeah, just uh, this guy. In 2006, he went uh, he went three and two in, uh, out of the bullpen uh, with a 2.24 ERA, racked up 40 saves, struck out 94 batters in just 72.1 innings pitched. <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's a feat. That's really good. I mean, Billy Wagner was lights out. He really was. And uh, and I still, again, I said it even before in this particular uh, uh, diatribe, uh, Billy Wagner should have uh, been a World Series champion with the Mets in 06. But we'll uh, we'll leave that alone. So, Pete? Yeah, he was, uh, again, another one of those moves that uh, paid off. You know, he came to the Mets. He was good when he got there, and he, and he was good when he was there. So, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I think it was kind of a dickhead, though, right? Wasn't that the word on Billy Wagner? But yeah, he was only with the I Mets. I can't speak of personal experience, but he was only with the Mets for four years too. Yeah, yeah. I think years. of it when I think of him. I think of him as an Astro for some reason. Yeah, yeah. That's well, he's well, an Astro look, for 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 nine years. Uh, yeah, first nine years of his career. I mean, was I, mean I mean, if you look over the you know course of his career, he had seasons of thirty nine uh, saves twice, thirty five, forty four, thirty eight, forty, thirty four. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this guy was a uh, Forty Top saves, yeah, that's crazy. Forty, yeah, forty and forty-four saves. I mean, that's you know, mm-hmm. and this is uh, you know the early two thousands. But yeah, wasn't with the Mets very long, but definitely uh, made an impression. He definitely made an impression, yeah. And uh, Billy the Kid, 
yeah, but he, I don't know. I, I forget why he didn't stick around longer. Maybe they weren't willing to pay him, or well, it was it was winding down his career too. I mean, he he got late in the season. He went to the Red Sox and then pitched a year for the Braves after that, and that was just, that was it. He retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah I guess. Uh, yeah, those last two years with the Mets, he was not. Uh, Rumor has it that well, he yeah, was. He used to call out the same guy that you didn't want being number on this list. So <laughs> seriously, yeah. Uh, it's uh, rumor has that. Oh yeah, uh, supposedly he he was pretty hard on Beltran and Delgado back in the day. Yep. All right. Well, I like it. It's the word on the street. There you go. So, <laughs> relief pitcher number five and our closer Billy Wagner. Okay, I'll reread the list really quick. Catcher Mike Piazza, first base Keith Hernandez, second base Edgardo Alfonso, third base David Wright. Shortstop, Jose Reyes. Left field, Cleon Jones. Center field, Mookie Wilson, even though there's a, an issue there. Some there's no issue. No uh, issue. Right field, Daryl Strawberry. Uh, starting pitchers, Tom Seaver, Jacob deGrom, uh, Dwight Gooden, Jerry Kuzman, and Sid Fernandez. And our lead pitchers, John Franco, Jesse Roscoe, Tug McGraw, Roger McDowell, and Billy Wagner. And just in case you're wondering, our second team that we picked, catcher, Gary Carter, first base, Ed Cranepool, second base, Wally Backman, third base, Howard Johnson, uh, shortstop, Buddy Harrelson, uh, left field, Kevin McReynolds, um, center field, Beltron, Mr. Carlos Beltron, uh, right field, Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto statistically is the second best left field, uh, right fielder the Mets have ever had. Uh, I almost wanted to put Kingman there, but Kingman's numbers just don't stack up. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you really look at them. You... And then our uh, our starting pitchers and relief pitchers for the second team. Starting pitchers, John Matlack, Ron Darling, Al Leiter, David Cohn, and Bobby Ojeda. Bobby Ojeda. And uh, our relief pitchers would be uh, Turk Wendell, uh, Randy Myers, Ron Taylor, Neil Allen, and Armando Benitez. Oh, uh. <laughs> Fuck that guy. There you go. Well, that'll wind it out. Uh, a lot of good players, though. I mean, you know, you you could you throw John Olerud or even Todd Zeal in there on first base. They were they were they were great players too for for the Mets. Olerud wasn't around very long. He wasn't though. he wasn't around very no, long. No. Um, He's more of a Blue Jay, maybe. Yeah, yeah. shortstop Aradonios was great. Uh, third base Ray Knight was was there too. Center field Tommy Agee. Um, uh, what you gonna call it? Um, Dave Kingman. He was he, he was he was there. Rusty Staub in right field. Yeah, Staub is was a guy that you. Ron Swoboda in right field. Uh, even Curtis Granderson in right field. I uh, had Curtis Granderson on my list, I think. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, you call it me a homer. And then, yeah. There I just, he, I like Curtis Granderson. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was a good yeah. guy. Yeah. He was a good, he was gone up, good on Well, he was guys. a tiger, too, yeah, or, you know. Sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, even like other starting pitchers. I mean, Pedro. You know, Pedro was good, still good for the Mets when, when he was there. Um, Rick Reed, Yon Santana. Um, uh, Frank uh, Frank Viola, you know, he came won, won a World Series with the Twins and came to the Mets, and and then even Rick Regulera, you know. Don't forget uh, about Cespedes. I did. <laughs> Who? <laughs> he was great when he was on the field both days. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was uh, he was great for both days. Yeah, <laughs> both days he was on the field. Both days he was on the field. Well, and the. Despite the accident, the most uh, prolific boar hunter that the Mets have ever had. But most prolific wild boar hunter, absolutely, by far. All right, that'll bring us to our segment that we always do after our list, and that would be Old Balls. Old Balls. 
Harry, tell us who our Old Bowls recipient is tonight. Our Old Bowls old recipient is none other than the MVP of the 1969 championship, Mays and Mets, Mr. Don with two N's, Clendenon. That's right, Mr. Don Clendenon, who I believe came to the Mets midseason that year. Yep. Uh, was platooning with Ed with uh with Ed Creampool at first base. He was. And um, you know, really kind of caught on towards the end of the year and uh became became the, their best player in that postseason in a lot of ways. He did not appear in the nineteen sixty-nine National Le- uh National League Championship series where they swept the Braves in three games, but he played four of the five games uh in the 1969 World Series, um, missing only Game Three, he went and he went two for four in Game One, scoring the Mets' only run in their four-one loss. He had a fourth-inning home run in Game Two, and a second-inning home run in Game Four, and uh, was 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 named the, the the World Series MVP. And I'm wondering, is he is it possible that he might be the only player in, in history to win a World Series MVP with not playing in the National League or American League Championship Series that be Leading up to it, I mean, that, it's I don't very know. possible. Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his his three home runs remain tied for most home runs in a five game series with Ryan Howard uh, from the two thousand eight World Series. Yeah, he so, did it first, and then uh, yeah. Po- Post baseball, I mean, he, he went on a uh, he did he finish his career with the Mets, or did he? I think he finished his no, career. He, with he the played Mets. a year with the Cardinals when he was the Cardinals. There. That's right. And then he retired, returned to Pittsburgh, uh, and became a lawyer. Began practicing law in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, wrote a good book called uh, Miracle in New York. Yep. So uh, he also dealt with some drug addiction and some some hard times, and and uh, you know passed away at the, at the age of seventy in two thousand five. But uh, kind of an un kind of a forgotten Met, and one of those guys who you know much like the manager of the Yankees is uh, kind of remembered for one, one really, uh, one really great series. Yeah. MVP. Can't take that away. Mr. Don Clendenon. Uh, that's for sure. And then yeah. I mean, what two, two and a half years, uh, 72 games in 69, 120 in 1970 and uh, 88 in 71. Uh, that's the sum total of his Mets career, but I guess he made the most of it. He so. made the most of it, that was for sure. Yeah, just uh, platooning and everything. I mean, Ed Cranepool was there, so it wasn't like he was going to get, you know. Yeah, uh, but he yeah. He, he was the Don Baylor of uh, <laughs> his time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, Don Clendenin, our old balls this week. Old balls. There you go. So. um I guess I should take the picture off now. What do you think? Great picture. Pictures. That was a good yeah. picture. That was, actually a good, that was a great picture, actually. That was definitely a good picture. Um, hey, the Yankees are winning. Really? Although they just had two guys on and Gardner popped out, but they're up 6-3. Uh, looks like heading to the bottom of the ninth. There you go. There you go. So maybe they'll win it tonight. There you go. There you go. And the Mets are losing. And uh, what's the score? 3-2. to two. Three to three two. two. Three to two in the sixth. Three to two in the sixth. Uh, and who's who started pitching tonight? For the Mets? The Mets, yeah. Uh, Luchesi. Joey, I believe it's pronounced. Lu- Lu- Lucchese. 
Lucchese, the Lucchese. Joe, Joey Lucchese. Joey He's Lucchese. throwing a bigger meatball over there. It's, uh, and uh, Higoshioka has homered. I think that's his third homer of the year, and I think he's played in four games. So it's a good thing that, uh, you know, Gary Sanchez is the uh, – But if you put him in, is he is he one of those backup catchers that's going to make the most of his opportunities and be great unless he starts, and then he's going to just be mediocre? Well, you're never going to know unless you do that. I'll you know? take mediocre would be an incredible upgrade. Well, that's kind of, with, that's kind with, of true. With a much better defensive <laughs> presence behind the plate. If he yeah. hit like 260. Oh, God, yeah. You'd be thrilled. Oh, yeah. Behind. Maybe yeah. Uh, 260 and what, maybe 19 and 19, 20, 21. 75 RBIs, I'll take it. Yeah, maybe yeah. 19 home runs and 75 yeah. RBIs. And, be like, and, and the ability to catch a ball when it. You know, bounces in the dirt. Your yeah. your catcher production would be tripled. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. We still we still have Chapman to come, so it's not over yet. Right. So, oh well, let's move on to a little NFL news. Uh, we got the uh, next week is the draft. Uh, we're a week away, uh, exactly a week away. Right, right now, a week from now, right about. Uh, I would say right about now, a week around now. Are uh, we doing a live draft show? We're going to do a live draft. No, <laughs> Uh, but we are going to replace our top ten list next week uh, with our draft picks. So, will this show actually happen before the draft? Yeah, the yeah, because the drafts on Thursday. Right? Drafts on Thursday, so this is uh, we'll, we'll have our show next Wednesday. So, I just but, think uh, all. Maybe I'll go get another COVID shot. I was going to say, unless you're going to get another COVID shot, top twenty-eight <laughs> picks are all going to be quarterbacks, right? I believe that's what it's summing up to be at this point. Um, uh, you know, it's it's crazy. There, there's so much. There's so much going on. You, you know, I, I don't even think. I think that will probably with our lists that we're going to do, our mock draft lists that we're going to do next week, will come as close as anybody else is coming. Um, not mine. Maybe not you guys, but not mine. <laughs> really? I'm just uh, going to go alphabetical. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See how it worked out. There you go. <sighs> So, so Trevor Lawrence is not going to Jacksonville. Well, I may, listen, I might do it reverse alphabetical. <laughs> Zach Wilson is Either going way. to Carolina. Zach Wilson's going there. Too. <laughs> there you go. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's oddsmakers right now. They're picking for 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 the Giants are saying the uh, there's a uh, the best uh, the best shot right now uh, uh, for of uh, who the Giants are going to get in the draft is Devontae uh, Smith. Um. Uh, that's what they're saying. Please there, that that fourth pick is is there's rumors that the uh, Patriots are going to go after it. Now this morning, there's a lot of talk the Broncos are going to try to move up to that fourth pick and take Justin Fields. Yeah, we shall see. No matter who's moving up to it, though, it's a quarterback that's going. Um, yep. Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus. Exactly. Exactly. What do you think about? Uh, who, who do you think? All right. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this draft. We all know that. But who do you think is the – legitimately, who do you think is the second-best quarterback in this draft? Because there's been so much talk from so many people about making cases for every other quarterback in this draft that's better than the next one. So what, what's your opinions, honestly? Uh, I like Trey you, Lance. I was going to – go ahead, you, you first. Go for it. God, no, I mean, go, go for it. I mean – No, no, Trey Lance, what – say what, what you, I just he's he's kind of if you were to take Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and put them together you got Trey Lance and he's big he's 6'4 he's like 200 they list him as 230 I think he's closer to 235 240 
Uh, he's and he just. I just like his upside. I really do. Do you like him coming out of college as a sophomore? Yeah, I, that doesn't bother me these days. You know, um, yes, he doesn't. He 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 does. He played at North Dakota State. I get it. I understand all of the uh, question marks that go around him, but I'm not sure Zach Wilson has played any harder kind of competition, maybe less hard competition in his college career. Right. And uh, look, I, I do think Trevor Lawrence is the, is the consensus. Number one, Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback. I think Justin Fields is going to be a good quarterback. I think Mac Jones is going to be a quarterback. I think you can't really go wrong with any of those three, but the two that don't get as much talk that I, I would be totally happy with our, our, Trey Lance and Mac Jones. I like both their games. Yeah. I, and I think on the right team, it, it worked well. Look, if Atlanta can get a Mac Jones and groom him behind uh, Matty Ice, then I think that's a good pick. You know, I, I, I do think that there's some teams right now that really need a quarterback. And obviously the Patriots are one of them. Obviously the, the Broncos are one of them. And I, I do think one of those two are going to battle it out to – to, to move up to make sure they get somebody that's, you know, in that top five. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Um, he came out of, uh, Trey Lance is coming out of uh, uh, North Dakota State. Uh, who was the last NFL quarterback to come out of North Dakota State? I don't look. <laughs> I don't know. Carson uh, Wentz. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz came out of North Dakota State. So he's going to have a, one great year and then. Well, here's the thing. No, that's not it. Um, here's the thing, though. Trey Lance doesn't have as many wins, uh, and he has, hadn't doesn't have as many wins as Carson Wentz had at North Car- uh, North Dakota State, obviously because he's coming out as a sophomore and he really didn't play much this past season, obviously with with COVID and everything else. But he doesn't have that many more loss that, that many more win- that many less wins, I should say, than Carson Wentz did in a full college career. So um, it's just interesting. Uh, so I, I was I was going to say that too. Trey Lance would Trey Lance is uh, looking decent, but they all do. There's there's a state there's a uh, statement to be made for for Justin Fields uh, for uh, for um, Zach Wilson for Trey Lance for uh, uh, Mac um, uh, Jones. Jones. Thank you. Um, yes. And speaking of Mac Jones, uh, Mac Jones is actually Joe Namath's pick for the Jets. Um, Mac uh, Joe Namath actually was quoted as saying that he uh, uh, Mac Jones reminds him a lot of Tom Brady. Yeah, I would. Uh, Doesn't have the size of Brady. Yeah. I wouldn't put a lot of stock in Joe Namath's opinion. Uh, I'm not saying there should be rat, stock. Rat, in. I'm just rat, telling you what he said. Rat Mac Jones in a nice mink coat and let him hand the ball <laughs> off sixty times. <laughs> <game>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Stranger things have happened. Joe Namath is great. Being a Jets fan, of course, he's a hero, but. I, I think it's gonna, because I, he played football doesn't mean he knows everything about. Right. Him. Although I think you know what, I thought he. I used to really like him as an analyst. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, he's good. He but was good. you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know how much I, I don't know how. I, much I, I, I think it's going to be Lawrence Wilson and Fields is in the top three, and I think you, you know, I think that fourth one could go to Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah I think it could too. And 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 Trey Lance isn't going to be far behind. No, um, he's really not. Or the uh, Bengals fifth? Is that who picks fifth? Uh, who does? Let me pull up the order. Let's pull up the draft order. Because I think that they're 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 going to take uh, Penny, so you know that. But yeah, you got Trey are Lance. They, are they taking his? Uh, um, are they taking his uh, cousin uh, um, Rigatoni? 
So that's right. That's right. And then you know the other the other quarterback who's probably going to go down further in the first round is Kyle Trask from from Florida is a pretty pretty good quarterback. Ugh. Now we're reaching. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we all have a little draft fever, and we really believe that all these guys are going to be successful, which we know they're no, not you, all. But you just have. You know, don't you it, love when you open up a web page and there's 19 videos playing all over it, and you can't read what's underneath it because yes. of the damn pop-up videos? Uh, I, I will tell you this: um, there's no quarterback from Duke that's going to go in the top three picks. Well, here's not unless the Giants trade up. Here's the draft order. Uh, the, uh, oh my God. They could take another Duke quarterback. Jacksonville's picking first. Jets, <laughs> obviously, we know is picking second. Uh, San Francisco third. Atlanta fourth. Yes, you're right. The Bengals. Cincinnati's picking fifth. Um, and or then, do they, or do they go for a, re- a wide receiver? What's his name? Uh, uh, Joe Burrow's old. Uh, yeah, Burrow's guy. Old. yeah, the guy who didn't play this year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Who was yeah rated higher than anybody else? Exactly, he didn't play, and at least anybody else who didn't play. Right. I'll say this about guys like uh, uh, Wilson and uh, I can't even remember guys who play for North Carolina, North Dakota, not, State. not North Dakota State, and guys <laughs> who play for you know. I think I said this last week or the week before. You know, you, you can only play against your competition, and uh, you know they're they're. You say, well, they're not playing against, you know, SEC teams and you know, the best defenses in the country, but they're also not playing with a bunch of wide receivers that are probably going to the NFL. So right, right. you can only play who's in front of you. I, you know, I, I think I, for whatever reason, the Jets seem to be in love with Zach Wilson. And a lot I of think, people are. Yeah, I think he and Lawrence and Fields uh, all probably have the, the biggest uh, upside or potential to be successful in the NFL. Uh, I I kind of like Fields. I, Fields, I think, and he reminds Trey, me. He reminds me of Tua. Yeah, something very Tua-like in, in Fields, Fields and Trey Lance are the two guys that I think maybe they're just guys that have it. Right. You know, they have something that is going to propel them to maybe a greater level of success than you might think just looking at their skill sets, which you know are, are certainly formidable as well. Sure. I don't know. There's something about those guys. It's it's a you know kind of a gut feeling, or you sort of take a chance. But um, yeah. well, you know, I, I I don't know. Well, looking at it, obviously Jacksonville's taking Lawrence. The Jets are more than likely taking uh, Zach Wilson. If uh, San Francisco takes uh, Fields and Atlanta takes uh, uh, Mac Jones, Cincinnati's not taking a quarterback. Miami's not taking a quarterback. Detroit's not taking a quarterback. Carolina. Mm. Nah. Uh, Detroit, if if one if one of the if one of those top four, Jared you'd... Goff right now, you know exactly. Well, I mean they're they're paying the money, so it's not like they they it's not like they took him for a year and he's a thirty four year old quarterback. They're paying Matt Ryan a, a money too. Um, I I would I would not rule out Detroit taking a quarterback. If one of those top four are available when Detroit is there, they're taking a quarterback. Yeah. What if, it's Joe, what, if, what, what, if the, what if what if the top four are there and Trey Lance falls to seventh? Are they taking Trey Lance? I don't know. I um, would not I would not it would not surprise me. Is Carolina taking a quarterback? They should. Well they have Sam Darnold. Like I said. <laughs> um but because that would get the that would get Trey Lance to nine. Mm-hmm. And Denver's picking nine. So, Carolina's got a lot I'm, of. 
I'm not sure Atlanta's going to be picking where they're pick where they're at. I think I think that number four is a hot. There's a lot of chit chat about somebody trading up for that. Right. You know, and maybe actually, uh, trade. Uh, you know what? Cincinnati can trade. Miami can trade too. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if quarterbacks are if quarterbacks are what what's what's going to go in the first you know top five picks, you know, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati surprises me because Cincinnati could probably trade with a 9, 10, even 11, and Penny Sewell will probably still be there. Sure, sure, sure. So, and Cincinnati they could probably could get two. another second-round pick or, or two, Cincinnati, two, two more picks, you know? Cincinnati could trade with Denver, and Denver can move up to five. Cincinnati drops to nine. Cincinnati still gets Sewell, and, uh, and Denver gets uh, Trey Lance. I think that the, or, uh, or Mac Jones or whoever. I think that four is where everybody wants because then – they get their the pick. choice of Mac Jones or either it's either going to be Mac Jones, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance, whoever right. I, whoever I, Frisco I, doesn't pick. Right. Yeah, I've heard San Francisco is actually interested in Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. What about Mac Davis uh, and Tom Jones? And Tom Fields Jones. might be the guy who falls the most out of, the, might, out of that group. He might be. Tua did right. Yeah. Yep. Tua fell. Yeah, it was an injury history there too you know there's there's some there's some talk about fields you know just disclosing that he has uh uh night terrors night terrors no uh (laughs) seizures really yeah you read that yeah i didn't i didn't didn't see that yeah and night sweats (laughs) night sweats well listen after the hit he took in that game and binge eating surprised me if he had seizures i don't know Uh, you know i'll tell you what I can't wait for it to be over, ghosts? though, because much like an election year, I, I, there could be so much going on in the sports world, and all you hear is NFL draft stuff. It is unbelievable. You know, Denver Sports Talk Radio, we're on the verge of potentially having an NBA MVP, and all they talk about is all of these fantasy scenarios where the Broncos actually get a quarterback other than Drew Locke. This is the only town where, like, the, the the possibility of Teddy Bridgewater gets everybody excited. Yeah. yeah. Well, that listen the, the 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 media at large they love. Well, no, excuse me, they hate the unknown. Right. That's why you have all these drafts every day. I got six mock drafts coming out. They can't stand the fact that we really don't know. They hate that. They want the story. They want the scoop. They want some closure. And so they just keep talking about it. Just as long as they don't let John Elway pick, they'll be fine. The Broncos, because he's just he's horrible at picking. Yeah, he's, he has not done a good job as no, an executive. He hasn't. He hasn't. But now we'll uh, we'll find out. I he, mean, he got Peyton Manning here, but that was about it. Yeah, he did. He didn't pick him in the draft. No. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys probably heard this. Alex uh, Smith retiring. He did. Alex yeah. Smith, yep, yeah, I got that on the last yeah. He called it a career after 16 years. Is um, there a better comeback story in the history yeah. of the NFL? Not at all. Not Maybe at all. Not, that, would, right? that would have been that would have been like it would have been almost. Uh, you know, the only thing that would have been better is Theismann coming back. You know, at that point because he was a little older, right? Um, not much older though, uh, barely. Um, but um, yeah, uh, that that would have been that would have been the only one that could have trumped that. Um, would have been. Uh, would have been Theismann coming back, but yeah, that that was. I mean, he was he was told he was told nineteen months ago that he may never walk again, and, right? And he and he came back and and helped get the Redskins to the uh, you know didn't single handedly do it obviously, but helped got the red get the Redskins to 
uh, the the uh, one playoff game they played in last year. But um, yeah, I mean, but listen, listen. There are a lot of people are saying they. I mean, he has a winning record with sure. the Redskins. You know, he was getting the job done with them, and they're why you know why are they better off without him? I mean, they yeah. obviously you know. Sure. Not sure. going to play anywhere else, and but, not going to play mean, for them. So look, I mean, he 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 was the he was the product of of the the next newest flavor, right? I mean, uh, you know, he 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 was having a decent career in in Kansas City until Patrick Mahomes came along, right? Right. He was having, and he was having a great career in San Francisco until until uh, Kaepernick, uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick came along. Yeah. yeah. So usurped. Yeah. But you know what? The, I mean, the knock on him was that he was he was an excellent game manager. Right, he got the job done, but he wasn't spectacular enough to to, to put the team well, on Ma- his, Patrick, his Patrick Mahomes talks about him, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's a perfect guy to groom a, a young quarterback under, or even just yeah. be around. Yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah, I think Alex Smith is. I mean, I don't know. Some people would talk about. Uh, but he, he, you know, uh, Michael Vick, even though I don't want to mention that as a comeback, but uh, that's a different kind of comeback. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Alex Smith was playing like with half of his calf muscle on that leg last year. Yeah. You know? Well, you would, uh, you would think some, some team would pick him up as some sort of a consultant or something. I, mean, I don't think he wanted to do it. He wants he, to do he, that, though. He's going to be, he wants to, he wants to be with his family. He doesn't want to be traveling around kids. to yet another. He's, he's going to be in the booth. You'll see him in the booth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if we could get fucking finally get rid of Booger McFarland, oh, please. please. I would in an instant take uh, Alex Smith over. Uh, over Whatever Booger. you got against Booger, he's horrible. Remember they had him outside even when he was COVID? on that on the booth going back and forth, going up and down the sideline, back and forth. Oh, I get... the only thing <laughs> worse. Let me get me started on Booger McFarland. Magic Johnson re- yeah. announcing basketball games. They're going to say Magic Johnson announcing football games. Uh, but, I don't think he knew what the difference was at the time, but yeah. Uh, in any event, so well, I mean, well, who's your pick? We all know. Obviously, we know the Jets are taking a quarterback, and for all intents and purposes, it's Zach Wilson. Um, both of you, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do our lists next week, obviously. But what's your? Uh, who would you say? Just flat out, who would you say the Giants are taking, and with the first pick? Well, they have eleven. They're eleven. Yeah. I mean, I I would love to. See, I don't think he's going to fall that low. Kyle Pitt is who I who I would Pitts love. Pitts is there, yeah. If Pitts is there. I'd say they take him, but but uh, I, I, he's moving up. He's yeah. He's moving up. He might he's go on up. if Atlanta stays at four. He might go at four. Might go at four, yeah. four. I'd love to see Jamar Chase fall, but I don't think he's going to. Right. I think the Giants are going to. I mean, do you really think Devonta Smith? If Devonta Smith is available. I think you got to take him. You know, everybody says that you got to take him. It, the, and his size doesn't bother me all that much. You know, I mean, he's obviously a small. It's, e- it's, e- it's either it's either that or Micah Parsons. I, I was going to say, I, I honestly, I think their need right now. Uh, you know, they have sure Devontae Smith would be an awesome weapon for Daniel Jones. How about I Patrick think, Patrick Sertain? Sure, sure, but I I think I think Micah Parsons. You got to look at that. You need somebody like that on the on the defense. Micah Parsons could become. The next great defensive player yeah, in the NFL, yeah. I, I, and I and I yeah. believe that, and I do, and I think if, if Michael Parsons is sitting there at eleven, even if Devontae Smith is sitting there at eleven, you got to take Michael Parsons. You have to. Um, it's 
uh, you, they need that. They need that on the defense. They I hear need you. to be a monster defense. They need to go back to what they did and did it right. Um, they, they, the years that they won, they had a decent, they had a solid offensive line. They had a decent scoring offense, but they had a killer defense in all four of those Super Bowl years. So that's what they need to do. How about Jalen Jalen Waddle? If Waddle's available, do you take him? Uh, again, I, I like if, Waddle. If, I like Waddle too. I like I like Waddle. You know, the only like wide Shane. receiver that I, that I'm really blown away by is Jamar Chase. I think, mm-hmm. but but I here's the, here's a question for you. Giant fan, go for it. If the Bengals <laughs> take Jamar Chase, right, and either Rashawn Slater or Penny Sewell are available for the Giants, do they take an offensive tackle over either Micah Parsons or Patrick Sertain? Or if Sewell, Penny Sewell, or uh, Rashawn Slater are available, do the Giants have? Should the Giants take an offensive? I think tackle? if Rashawn Slater is available or Penny Sewell, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Probably, probably. If Rashawn Slater, if Rashawn Slater or or Penny Sewell are available, and I don't think they're going to be, but if they are, yeah, you probably do take them over. My the, the other guy but, is Quiddy Pay, who seems to be dropping in everybody's mock dress, but he was I saw him up as high as six or they seven. Haven't I mean the, the first round offensive lineman picks for the Giants have have over the last ten years, and then they, they've picked you know a couple <laughs> haven't been. No. You know, a jury's out on Andrew Thomas. We'll see what happens. Uh, he he got better towards the end of the year, and hopefully he, he takes another step up this year. But I mean, it's you, go back, you go back to Flowers, oh, my God. You know, yeah. and, and, I, and, and I, I still thought... say to last year's draft, why they didn't take Tristan Wirfs is beyond me. I don't understand why they did not draft Tristan Wirfs. But whatever, at least Tristan Wirfs won a Super Bowl then. So, you know, you look at it that way for him. But I think Micah Parsons is the pick. I do. I really do. I think Micah Parsons is the pick. Uh, but, you know. Who knows what they're going to do? I think I don't care till next week. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up. No, I don't know. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. That'll uh, next week we will do our uh, we'll do our um, uh, mark drafts for you in place of a top ten list, and uh, we'll come up with something creative for old balls for you. There you go. Maybe we could just put a graphic up of our mock draft and not go through every one. Uh, so maybe we'll do a top ten list and just put a graphic up and say it. Well, hey, it would. Have, it would have, are we only doing the top ten, or are we doing? The whole draft, first round. Oh no, I, w- I would say no, no, no. Please, oh, no, God. The whole draft, no. The top, the whole first round. Yeah, we'll do. That's what you I meant. What? Maybe we'll do that. Maybe, maybe what we'll do is we'll put up, we'll put up a graphic of our mock drafts and just just take a look at them, talk about them during football, and we'll still do a top ten next week. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll talk hilarious. about it. We don't need, we'll talk, we don't need a top ten. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. This, this is uh, us discussing how this should work. <laughs> By the way, the, the Yankees won. Yay! Yeah, you, would, you would assume the three-run lead going to the ninth, you would imagine they would have uh, been able you, to. You do know who their closer is, right? This is true. This is very, very true. Okay. So, all right. Although it is, it is April. He's good in April. Let's... Uh, so we want to do a little NBA really quick. Uh, you know, there's only, what, 12 games left-ish. Um, hey, uh, Knicks are in fourth place. Yeah, eight, eight in a row. Eight-game winning streak. best uh, Longest winning streak in currently in the uh, NBA. Um, of course, the uh, Wizards have won 6-2, but they're... they're... Well, what's, what's distinguishing the Knicks right now is that they're beating those teams that are roughly in that same grouping Group as them. Yeah, sure. And those are the games that they were not winning earlier in the year. And yes, Julius Randle is 
kind of unconscious. The other guy who's been very good during the stretch is R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Seen, been... And he seems to have a little bit more of a swagger, a little bit more confidence, a little bit more aggressive. R.J. Barrett definitely does. Definitely yeah. Does. And Quick, Quickly's having fun, too, out there. Yeah, I like yeah. Quickly. He's just, He's having fun out there. yeah. Um, but is, is, let me ask you, is, is, uh, is Randall playing himself into a max contract? Well, that's the problem, you know, is, is <laughs> one good year. And then do you play him into him? I think you have to look, if you're the Knicks and you have a player of that caliber, right. uh, he's willing to stay there. He's obviously, you know, in a good position. He, he seems to like playing for both Thibodeau and in it at the garden. Right. I think you have to resign him. He's young enough, uh, Look, who else is who else is knocking on the door, ready to come there? Yeah. Well, now Zion's going to be. In I there. was going to say Zion seems to be knocking on the door. You have to wait a yeah. couple of years, though. Well, Zion, was... Zion, well, he said he liked playing at the guard. He said he likes, loves, outside yeah. of, outside of New Orleans. Uh, he said this is my favorite place to play. Yeah. You know outside, who loved... of, outside of New Orleans. Outside of New Orleans. <laughs> you know who loved After to play at the garden? Pause. Outside you know, of New Orleans. You know who really loved to play at the garden? Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, he loved well, playing the garden. Yeah, he so. loved playing the garden because he got fifty-five points every time. He well, came I'm in saying there. Zion, yeah. you know, Zion might have been in the same. I, I know this sounds weird. I don't think Zion Williamson is the as a guy you're going to build a championship no, team. I don't either. I, just I agree. Do it. I agree. I think they should go out. And they should. They should. They should lure. I mean, I'd rather I, if Devin Booker or uh, what's his name. Uh, uh, from Utah is available, then then and you know if Damian Lillard's available, I, I would get me way more excited. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: wasn't uh, before COVID, didn't the Knicks have enough room for two max contracts? Two. Yeah, two right? max contracts. Yeah. So I assume with this current lineup, they still have room for two max contracts. Right. Right. So there, right. I don't see any reason why you would give Randall one of those. Give Randall right. one of them and, I mean, and yes, get somebody gonna... and lure somebody else in. Yeah. And then yeah, and then you you know you get somebody else in here. Yep. And there's going to be free agents, so of course, yeah, there's definitely going to be. Kawhi, um, the, you know the Knicks Kawhi, kind of re- Kawhi is a free agent. The Knicks kind of remind you imagine me of the Knicks uh, get Kawhi Leonard. Oh, that would be so amazing. Uh, <laughs> the Knicks kind of okay. remind me of um, Miami from last year in yeah. the sense that they are a team and everyone knows what their role is. So they're going to they suck play next those, year. <laughs> they play those roles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they're going to get to the finals this year. But they play the they play their parts and they play together and they play as a team. It's not a role it anymore. It's more of a, bi- a bagel. It's like... It just goes to show you. Uh, it's a they play the croissant. They play the croissant. It just goes to show you what you can uh, you know what you can accomplish with a little bit of teamwork. And I think Randall is you know if you're not convinced he's a legit star at this point, then yeah. then you don't like yeah. NBA basketball. Yeah, exactly. yeah and, and and I see. I feel like his range. Is changing as the season goes on. I feel like he has his three point shooting is doubled in efficiency as the season's gone. It's crazy. That, that overtime yesterday with uh, yeah. uh, which about they, they they were that was crazy. I mean they 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 couldn't miss. It was hey, just, look the the Bucks beat Sixers tonight. Um, they seem they seem to be getting healthy. Uh, with what's going on with the Nets, who knows who's going to even be on the court for them? Right. The Knicks still only have a half game advantage over Atlanta and Boston. Yeah. And Miami's as bad as they've been playing. Miami's right there. And uh, Boston's a hot team. Boston's eight and two, just like the Knicks in their last 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing pretty good basketball. And, and everybody's going to be fighting to get in that top six so they don't have to 
beat the Wizards in a, in, and Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal in a, in a one-game playoff to get in. It's right. it's it's tough. It is. It is. Do you hear what uh, LeBron said today? No. Today or today he said, he said uh, the NBA is a better place when the Knicks are winning. God, why couldn't you have said that five years ago when your hair was still there and you could sign a max contract with the Knicks? Yeah. Yeah, well, well, yeah. I, was that 2010 when he uh, was yeah, yeah. getting so, uh, so let, let me, courted let me re- and then unfortunately had a conversation with Dolan and that was it. We had it. Let me revisit this topic just for a second here. Go for it. Uh, given what we've said about Randall and the Knicks team, uh, Harry, what you just said about Zion not building a team around him, I think we all agree with that. But that, does that mean that he's not a good fit for the Knicks? Given well, that he doesn't necessarily have to be the only guy that you build a team around. I've watched a lot of games. It seems like they're on. he's on television a lot this year. Well, sure. And he's he's kind of a he, when he's on the court there's two types of zions there's the zion that's kind of disappears for moments and then there's the zion who has the ball in his hand too often and for too long for seven trips down the down the court in a row right and but that's on a pelicans team you know what else do they have if 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 I had a choice between Zion Williams and Ja and Ja Morant, I would take Ja Morant. That's who is going to fit in on this Knicks team and be able to not only balance well with Barrett and with uh, with Julius Randle. I think the Knicks have enough, you know, especially when what's his name gets healthy. I think they have a deep, you know, it's two kind of prototypical centers. I don't, I just don't see Zion. I don't see his shooting being enough of a, of an improvement on that end for the next. I think you have to have lights out spot up and create your own shot. Three point shooting in today's game to win, to win a championship. And but, but the Knicks have some of that. I, I guess my point is they, they don't they, have, they, you mark my words, a player like Julius Randall, his efficiency from the three-point line in a playoffs because of his size is going to go down. And, and that's where and that's where they need somebody else who can really be a true two that can that can light it up. And I don't think the Knicks have that right now. Yeah, that's I would right. I would I would lean towards that. I would lean towards that. Now would um, I be upset if the Knicks signed Zion? No. no. I, but, I'm just saying that inside presence. Can open up. Well, I would, a lot I would, of I would rather the see, see Randall can be that inside. Yeah, person. they need some, they need a perimeter guy. They and if guy. and if they get a perimeter guy, I think Randall's ability to 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 score more down low improves dramatically. Right. And he's he's an interesting guy. He's yeah, a but big, he's having, big, but he's having an all star year, not being down low so much. Well, there's only one player. There's two players in the NBA playing down low right now. And they're battling it out for the MVP award, but and they're also able to go outside and shoot the three as well. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I mean, it, this is not a league for post up players anymore. And it's and I and as good as Zion is, with the way he's built, three years from now he's yeah, not to, he's, he's not going to be the same guy. Yeah, you have to right. Can he adapt? Because you're right, he's going to break down. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it. The guy I'd like to see on the Knicks, there's three of them. 
Uh, I would love to see Damian Lillard come to the Knicks. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. I think another guy – I like John Morant. The other guy that I could picture on the Knicks, again, long shot, and I could picture him fitting in with the team as it is right now, is Luka Doncic. Okay. That's a guy that is is an overall great top 10 player in the NBA right now. Now, if you, if you tell me Kawhi is interested, which he won't be. He doesn't want to play in New York. No. Kawhi, Kawhi quietly, Paul George is having a pretty good run here. Clippers are 42 and 19 and 9 and 1 in their last 10. They're only three games behind the Jazz for, for the top spot right. and one game behind the Suns. I don't think I want to play the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs after them getting bounced last year. I really don't. So we'll see. I, 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 the one thing that this run by the Knicks is doing is it's getting them on national television. And it's maybe saying to some of these free agents coming up, hey, maybe I do want to go play for the Knicks. Right, right. And that's and that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Yeah. Um, and what, what about that run? I mean, the Nuggets have won four in a row. And, uh, and you know, with, uh, you know, losing, uh, whatchamacallit? Um, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Look, uh, the Nuggets, the Nuggets have, the other night, the Nuggets were down by 14, I think, in the fourth quarter, and they came back to win in double overtime. Yep. And the Joker had just one of those games that was just like, okay, this is incredible. Now, for the Nuggets to win, they, they, their role players, their equivalent to R.J. Barrett, who's Will Barton, needs to, to play like he did. You know, Aaron Gordon, his numbers are down, but his impact, you know, they got guys like Campaza who's who's – Again, is not a numbers guy, but if you watch the game, you realize what they're doing out on the court. I think the Nuggets, with I, I think they should have gone out, and I know they signed Austin Rivers to a ten gate contract. I think they should have brought back Isaiah Thomas. That's the guy who I think could help this team right now, and I'm hoping Austin Rivers can put in some good times. They're they're very slim. They were slim before Murray went down in the backcourt. Now him and Monte Morris are hurt. They still, they continue to win games though. And we'll see, you know, does, does Murray going down make Joker more of an MVP candidate? I think so. And, and look, I like Jamal Murray, but if this me and he might not be back until the playoffs next year, yeah, right. the Nuggets might, might have to go out and they might be looking at some of those same players. The Knicks might be looking at in free edges. If the night, the Nuggets could get a legitimate top 15 player to be their number two. Somebody who's, you know, Murray puts up some gaudy numbers sometimes. I get it. But he's also a guy who turns the ball over a lot and is not the best defensive player on the court. So if the Nuggets could get somebody who fits into their system and who is a better pure shooter than Murray, I think you go out and get him. Because I think that their window – for when they can win a championship is closing. And I I think they'll do better this year than people are going to give them credit for. But Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers, and if the Lakers can get remotely healthy, are going to be teams that are going to be really hard to beat. And, oh, by the way, I don't think I want to play the Portland Trailblazers or the Dallas Mavericks. No, uh, who, who wants to play anyone out west? Yeah, and the Memphis Grizzlies are a good team. I, I'm telling you, that John Morant is going to be – he's going to be the next best thing in, in this league. By the, by the way uh, – AD is back tonight with LA. Yep. Uh, one for six from the field so far. <clears throat> so uh, let me th uh, throw this at you a little bit. Um, 
word, I think uh, Steve Nash said back to square one with James Harden's hamstring injury. And we know hamstring injuries are a pain in the ass and they don't really heal. They almost, you know, it can take forever to <clears throat> go away or get fixed. Can Harden win the MVP if he doesn't come back till the playoffs? No. And I don't think, think so. and I don't think he should, especially because I, I think it's a clear one and two right now. And I'll tell you what, I think Steph Curry's making a case for himself to be ahead of Harden. Um, but yeah, I think I, Harden, Harden, I, I think because of the injuries this year and because the NBA, the, the people who vote for the MVP like to mix it up a little bit more, because let's be honest, I mean, Michael Jordan could have won MVP every year he played. LeBron, yeah. you could, I could argue LeBron before he got hurt should, deserves to be MVP. Um, I think they're trying to mix it up. I think there's a, a favoritism towards Embiid. I think that Jokic goes under the radar, but I think his play alone in the in the recent poll of uh, of a hundred journalists, he he was a clear clearly ahead. And I think if you really look at, it, I'm not being a homer here because I didn't think he had a chance in hell in, in the mid midway through the season. I think, but if I think if you look at the amount of games that that he's played and what he means to his team, I, I, I really do think that that he's the clear winner. I mean, he is. You could talk about Steph Curry. You could talk about Joel Embiid. Yeah, you know, another, another guy who doesn't. I don't, I don't think there's been a player like Jokic ever. You know, Luka Doncic comes close, but he's not a center. Right. Yeah. He's and, a, and another guy who doesn't. He's a bonus, but young. Another guy who is very much under the radar is uh, is Chris Paul. Chris Paul, although uh, Devin, at, Devin Booker would, would – yeah, but Chris Paul has done a the, – the Suns – I said this I last year, has, the Suns are a great team. Get, yeah, he has to get – you know, I think, he, I, think he gets, I think he gets comeback player of the year this year. Yeah. Not that he really disappeared in the last couple of years, but I think he certainly – his numbers might not be significantly better, but the eyeball test – is that he's making a bigger difference, right. especially in cl- crunch time, than he has in years past. And that's because he's got a, a, a great shooter. Again, yeah. a guy who can create for himself. But uh, he's also yeah, – he's, he's been on – yeah, and I mean, that team is uh, – what do they always say about that team? Uh, um, on uh, PTI, two years away from being two years away. Yeah. <laughs> that was – you know, that was <laughs> – yeah, uh, right. My, Mike Wilbon always went, oh, they're two years away. And uh, Tony Kornheiser would go, they're two years away from being two years away. Right. Throw Chris Paul on that team, and now they're right there. And, and, and we'll see. You know, Utah folded a little bit. Look, I, I think the West is a, is a toss-up. I do think, though, with – I am I think the Clippers have something to prove, and I think they're slowly starting to play some really good basketball. And when it comes time for the, for playoff basketball, I don't like. To, I, I think Kawhi Leonard slow, slowly and quietly is is peaking here. Well, and and, 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 and Paul George is playing some great basketball. Paul George, you know, he hasn't lived up to the playoff P moniker. No, but uh, you know, listen, you got uh, Patrick Beverly, and don't forget playoff uh, Rondo. Right is a. Fucking monster! Every time yeah. he gets into the postseason, yeah. Rondo just flip. And I hope you know we'll see if he can, you know, again this year. But flips the switch and turns into an animal. So that yeah. is a very, very dangerous team. I know I, the West is going to be interesting. That play-in round is going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. 
Yeah. I mean, have you guys uh, been watching what, I mean, you mentioned Steph Curry. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously I watched him against the Nuggets and I watched him the next game. Let me, let me uh, just throw this at you. Since, uh, since um, Saturday, the 10th of this month, he's put up 38, 53, 42, 33, 47, 49, and then uh, 18 last night. Well, Charles Barkley said it best. You got to put some wood on him. Yeah. I mean, it, even, but, I mean he's... even watching Julius Randle play, you know, lately, with there's just – there's very little defense. It seems like it's just it. They, it's, it's it's non-existent anymore. It's just anywhere. Yeah, I mean, guys who are good players, but who three years ago would have averaged eighteen points a game are averaging twenty four, twenty five, twenty six. Right. So, um, I like as far as the playoffs go. I still think Utah's a slightly better team than Phoenix due to their defense. And I think they ma- they can match up against the Lakers a little better. But, man, if the if somebody can knock off the Lakers, the Clippers are, are I think, the team to be. Because I think other than the Lakers, no, and I don't think the Lakers have the, the, the players this year that they did last year on the defensive end, like the Rondo and like uh, Dwight Howard and some of these other guys. I think the Lakers are a little thin this year. Yeah, they made moves, and a lot of the pundits said, oh, they're better than they were last year, and I'm not really sure that's true. Uh-huh. But here's the thing. If LeBron comes back and he's healthy and AD stays healthy, how much is, is LeBron James going to benefit from, from this rest? Off. You know, and, and I listen, how long will it take him to shake off the rust? Not very long. A I quarter, mean, maybe? Yeah. I, don't wanna be, I don't want to bet, bet against them, but I think they're, they're – I think they're more vulnerable this year than they were last year. Last year, I, I, to me, it was a no-brainer that they were going to win it. Right. Um, I, I think they're, I think they're a little bit more vulnerable this year, only because, look, with the exception of Denver, every other team that was in that the the, the the playoffs last year is better this year, including Utah and now Phoenix, who you know wasn't even there last year. So um, and. Dallas maybe not as good record wise as they were last year, but I don't want to face Luka Doncic in a no, you know, yeah. first round playoff series or or play in game. I don't I don't want to do that. Well, listen, I'm and I'm watch gonna... out for Portland. Portland, CJ McCollum's finally back and playing really. Portland is the sleeper in the West. Trust me, they're yeah, a sleeper they, I, they, in the West. They, they they and Dallas are dangerous teams. Yeah, they are. They're they're they're, they're your first round upset teams. Yep. So, and I'll Dallas, say Dallas that, is right now. Dallas is going to have to play in to get there, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and and I'll and I'll say this: I I don't think the Nets are going to win this year. Yeah, you keep saying that. I, I think that, I think there's just too I don't many think, question yeah. marks with their health. Yeah. yeah, I I and I would have said you know they they need some time to play together, but that doesn't seem like it's an issue because when they the you know those games that they are were together on the court, the big three, uh, they were great in all of them, no, no matter how you know. It really didn't matter the passage of time. But Durant can't seem to stay healthy. Harden no. is now hurt. And Kyrie, you know, might take a day off for somebody's birthday at any point. Although, if the other <laughs> at, two are out, I don't think so. Out of those three, Durant has consistently had really good postseason play. And, and yeah. I, still, I, still play, though? I still think Kevin Durant is the best player in basketball. Obviously, he has to be on the court for that to, to take shape. Happen, right. Yeah. Right. I still think there's something, there's a question mark mentally with both Harden and Kyrie as to whether, and, and I'll tell you this, 
I think Kyrie has turned a corner. And I know he takes time off and disappears and all that, but he's playing the best basketball of his career. Yeah. Well, because and, he's yeah, he he's not the second fiddle to LeBron and he's not the man. But even when he has been the first fiddle these last few weeks, he's yeah. playing lights out basketball. Yeah. But but he's I, playing lights I out basketball. He is. And I think I said this before though, I don't know how long he can keep that up. I don't know if he can keep that up to the you know, the bulk of the we'll, playoffs. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. The, the and, other... and Harden doesn't exactly have a, a great track history of quality playoff no. basketball and, either. So, And the team in the East that that I'm going to say it right now, and it's not just because they beat the Suns and held the Suns to 86 points tonight. The Celtics are finally playing good basketball, and yeah. I do not want to play that team. When they are on, they're 86 points. They held the Suns to 86 points. Points, yeah. If every look, if everybody comes back in Brooklyn and they're healthy, they're the team to beat. I just don't see that happening, and I'm not sure which combination of maybe two out of the three, or for some of those games, one out of the three. But I just don't think they're going to have enough. I, I, I still, I still think they're the favorites, and I, I still think there's cracks in Philly's game. I'm not convinced that in a seven-game series, the Sixers can beat Milwaukee or can easily even beat Boston, um, you know, or uh, or the or obviously the Nets. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, right now, if the, if the season ended today, the uh, the Knicks are playing Atlanta. Uh, in the, which is the a tough – which they're evenly matched. Yeah, it's just a home yep. – Knicks have the home field, but – home court, excuse me. Uh, but uh, unless they play on the field, but um, yeah, uh, it, it is a tough matchup. But hey, anything can happen. I mean, the way they're playing right now, they can they can uh, if if they keep playing that. And you know, we've been saying it, and everybody's been saying it. Okay, it's a you know when when did it go from uh, this is a nice story to oh my god these guys are for real kind of thing. I, I still you know? don't. I I still think th- yes. I still think they're going to wind up. You know, they might wind up a couple games above 500, which is fantastic. Right. But well, they got 12, 12 games left. That's they're playing. They're, they're playing. They got 12 games left. They're playing their right. best basketball of the year at the right time. Yeah. So, exactly. So, the play the play-in series is, series <laughs> series start uh, on May May 18th and then yep. the playoffs the playoffs actually start on May 22nd. So, uh, we'll see. Um, we'll see how that all pans out. So to speak, uh, lot to lot to be interesting, lot of interesting things to be looking at, though. Um, we will uh, uh, keep an eye on them next week. I'm sure there'll be a lot more shaken out, and who knows? Maybe the maybe the uh, maybe everybody on the Nets will be back and healthy, and maybe the Knicks will ha! have a 12 game winning streak at that point. And uh, that's more likely. <laughs> I think that's you know, more likely. You know, than, you know, you know the, the funny, the funny thing is, I agree with you. It actually yeah. is more likely. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Although I think, well, look, Durant and anybody is a better combination than, you know, the two others without Durant. Well, it's true. Although, <laughs> although Kyrie, and, Kyrie and, and James Harden, you know, when you mean, need Durant's, to. Durant's you been need... out for a couple of months now. Other but... than Durant. Durant alone could carry that Nets team to, to the finals. I think right. that – because, look, even with Golden State, it was – once Durant went down, after Clay Thompson went down, it, it, it was over. You know, Steph yeah. Curry. Steph Curry is a great player, 
but he can't carry a team by himself. No. I feel a little bit the same way about Harden and Kyrie alone. I think the two of them together, it's a no-brainer. They can definitely take it. But if I had to pick one of those guys that I want and need healthy, it's Durant. And right. and we'll see. We'll yeah, see where it comes. Right. That's, that's my point. Durant and Kyrie or Durant and Harden is a much better proposition than Kyrie and Harden. Right. right. You know, I mean, it, 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 it seems obvious, but although they did play very well in this yeah. period that Durant was out, but again, Harden with, a, you know, a hamstring injury, you know, you know, that and what, what is Durant's injury? We don't even know. A knee but, now, right? It's a knee. I don't it was know. It's a contusion. He got a contusion. And his thigh or something. Took a knee to the, took a knee to the thigh and he got a, got a bruise. He took a knee to the thigh. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I just have a picture of Patrick Ewing sitting on the bench in between you know, at the end of the game with his feet in buckets and ice wrapped around each knee yep. and looking to his right and seeing John Starks and looking to his you know, left and seeing Hubert Davis and going, yeah, load management. It's just uh, I'm not going to play because I got a thigh contusion. Yep. Is it a thigh contusion or is it does Durant still have lingering problems with his ACL. I yeah, that's, you just that's don't know. Question. That's the question. Yeah, I mean, right. there's a reason why they're resting him, and I don't think it's a thigh contusion. I really don't. Yeah, maybe, they're, maybe they're just figuring, obviously, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a push for them to get to the first seed. And if unless they're going to get the first seed, they're obviously going to have to go through Philly. Right. And at that point, they would rather a healthy – uh, you know, even, right. even if he's even if he's not even if he's playing yeah, I, now, right. they may still I mean, have to go right, through Philly. I, I, yeah, as of right now, they're tied yeah. for first. You know, so. yeah, I don't know if they're that concerned with first. I don't think anybody is. Well, that's my point. So why not rest him now? Right. You know? Yeah, they're they're saying yes. Let's. Uh, we'd rather have him healthy and yeah. be in second than maybe be in first, but he's overextended. And maybe be in first, but most likely still be in second anyway, and he's overworked. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But. Um, but I, uh, to Harry's point though, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, this is load management. Did, did that term even exist 30 years ago? No, you know? it didn't even no. exist 15, 20, years, 15 ago. years ago. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, what are you going to do? Well, that's tough when you're making millions. You know? yeah, it's really, yeah, it's, that's hard. You take a break. You need to relax, go on a party and go have, uh, go have some yeah. drinks. And I mean, listen, the guys that, uh, Oh, geez, I forget who I forget who it was. It might have been Doctor J or somebody was telling the story about. Uh, they would get in the whirlpool. Uh, only it was filled with ice. Right after games, they would just sure. ice their basically their entire body. Yeah, Patrick nice. Patrick Ewing did that between quarters yeah. because he <laughs> on just, the bench on the bench, literally with ice packs wrapped around his yep. knees. Yeah. Kareem, I remember this. It's just. Uh, Larry Bird used to have to lay down on the sideline when he was yeah, at right. a game. That's right. Yeah. And then he had to have people help him get up to get back in the game. It's just – I know I sound like an old guy, but Charles Barkley's no. right. These guys are freaking soft. They are. They are. <laughs> Speaking of soft, I don't know. Do we have any more NBA news? I think no. we're good. I think we're good. So we'll uh, how about that uh, European soccer league? European no, soccer league, super that, league. It was, and then it wasn't. It was, and then it wasn't. <laughs> it was a league for uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon last night. Said, "I've seen guacamole last longer." Yeah, <laughs> so. it was, you know, it was interesting. Uh, it, it was an educational experience for me, and uh, I imagine I'm 
probably the biggest soccer fan amongst the three of us, although probably, I'm not yeah. a huge soccer fan. But yeah. uh, one of the things I learned is that uh, some of these clubs, particularly in the Premier League, um, there are groups of fans that are charter members. I don't know what the exact term is, but they get to vote on certain decisions. <laughs> and part of this backlash was that they were not consulted about uh, I think it was maybe, new uh, Manchester uh, Man, yeah. United or whoever it was. A couple of teams that you know joined up for this thing and their booster fans or whatever said, hey, we should have a say in this. Right. And uh, you know, owners were down on their knees apologizing and uh, you know, once the Premier League teams went out, everybody was going out. But I will say this: I would have liked. To, uh, I think it's a good idea, and it may come back at a later date. Right. Um, Only if the fans are consulted first, though. If the fans are consulted first. And... <laughs> well, we joke about that, but aren't we really consulting the fans with all of these decisions in baseball and basketball and everything else with all these rules? Well, no, changes? I mean these these people they they are given a vote. Oh, I know decisions, and that you know, counts. And in, in this case, they were not consulted and that, that got a lot of a mad, but got, I yeah. just, I, I was looking forward to it because I think they were going to have an actual regular playoff league. And once well, again, with, I am with, being with, frustrated with, and tortured by the champions league, the stupidity of their playoff system, their, right. their scoring yeah. system with aggregate. What you get for that. following a communist sport. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I'm just, I was trying to think of, uh, you know, what what an, an analogous situation to one of our U.S. sports and there are none. You know, they, they would be so ridiculous. No, there are none that exist. But no. you know, if if we had a uh, if we had a a, a playoff uh, system of advancement that was comparable to that, it would be so ridiculous that nobody would go to the games. We would all, exactly. we would all boycott. Even the NFL would be like, forget this crap. That would be a beautiful thing too, especially you know, well for uh, well, not not so much now, obviously Knicks wise, but you know when when we were talking early on in the season and obviously years before uh, about uh, you know the fans boycotting and everything else, that would have been interesting. But hey, yeah, yeah, you know what? Um, um, well, we'll see what happens with that. I think you're right though. I think at some point it's going to probably pop back around again. It might not be right away, but uh, no, well they'll learn from it's their an mistakes. Interesting, yeah, and... it's an interesting idea though. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm, and I'm not the only person with, you know, upset with the way UEFA sends teams through to the next round. Exactly, and not so. to uh, not to leave hockey out, but uh, Vegas is actually has the most points right now. They've jumped over the uh, Avalanche. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you kind of knew that, didn't you? Yeah, Colorado's right there, though. I mean, they're only yeah. two points behind Vegas, but uh, right. Toronto, Toronto's still in first in the Canadian division, though, right? Toronto's still in first. Yeah, they got by, by four points. They're up uh, above Winnipeg. But uh, hey, the Islanders—they—they're uh, playing, you know, good hockey. They've won only one two right now, but uh, they're—they're—they're they're tied for the—they're uh, tied for first place. Well, they're in technically in second place, but uh, um, uh, behind uh, Washington, based on uh, based on head to head, I believe. Um, but in any event, uh, yeah, they're 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 tied with Washington, so. We'll see what happens with that in the East. And uh, Central Carolina still has uh, still has – Florida's tied with them too. You realize that because they just won – Florida just won three um, and brought them back up to uh, tied with Carolina. So, hey, it's interesting. It's coming down to the wire. I mean, there's uh, – what? There's 60, 52. There's, there's a few games left. Uh, the playoffs for hockey are going to be after uh, – going to be after basketball starts. So, 
Uh, you're looking at uh, probably the end of June before you get to the Cup, maybe even July. So it's going to be interesting as it, as it comes down uh, to the wire here. But you know, that's pretty much hockey. You got anything on hockey? No. Pete, you're muted, Pete. You're muted, Pete. You're muted, Pete. <laughs> I had what? the other. I had, the other, I had the other screen up, so. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, um, you know, who's going to play who. Like, I want to see the the playoff grid. There is none yet because they have more games left. Yeah. They're, they're, no, but I mean, no, I know not as far as the teams, but who's going to play. Who? Oh, between the divisions. Well, obviously, it's going to be what it was. It's going to be the top four in each, right? But like, I don't know which division is you know which division is. Oh, is the West going to play the Central? And well, the no, East wait a minute. Play... Intra means in between, right? Intra means inter in means within. Within, right? Well, interstate is within the state. Intrastate is between states. Correct. So this is going to be intra-divisional play. Intra-divisional play. So who's number one? Which division's number one is playing, you know, number four? Who's, you know... Is that the way it's going to work, though? Well, this says the first two rounds will feature intra-divisional play. Number one versus four, two versus three. The four teams that advance to the semifinal round would be seeded by their regular season point totals with the number one seed playing number four, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, so we have so four they're going to play between one versus four, two versus three divisions, but then it's four teams out of each division that are going to play. So there's going to they're jumping right, right so into in the words, beginning of the playoffs to interdivision play. Right. So in other words, let's let's say it ended today. Right. So right. Vegas is number one. Right. Would they play Nashville, who's number four in the Central? Would they play Boston, who's number four in the East, or would they play? Montreal, who's number four in the Canadian. Uh, I see what you're saying. I think it's just a division. Like, I guess you, uh, if I had to guess, they're going to add up the points for the top four or even a whole, whole division or whatever and see who, what the seating would be at that point. What's the top division? Although all the points at that point should really be the same. So maybe it's just the top four teams. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what to say. I haven't. I haven't it's really convoluted, but still it's not very as bad convoluted. as the Champions League. I just thought that they were going to play, that they were going to. Um, Get a winner of each division and then have one play for it. How about the three. Devils not making it? Yeah, yeah. No. So I Lord. think what it's I think what it's going to be is it's going to be one play. So I think right now it would be the Hurricanes versus the Blue Jackets, and the Panthers versus the Red Wings, and the Lightning versus the Blackhawks, and the Predators versus the Stars. Oh no! Wait, we had that backwards, Joan. We did. Intra-divisional means within the division. Yes. Oh, okay. So never mind. So, so yes. So not. So within the division, first two rounds, one will play four and two will play three. Yeah. Those the winners of those two games or series will right, right. win. So you'll have one. So so the, play, so the playoffs are going to go on as long as the regular season. Okay, because there's I, so I, many playoff teams in it. Yeah, I had well, that. sixteen. I had, yeah, it's going to be sixteen. Yeah, 16, I had that yeah. backwards. I thought intro was between, right. but intro was within. So I one place four and two place three. So the Hurricanes so play sense. the Predators, the Panthers play the Lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then after that, uh, semifinal round would be seeded by their regular season points total. Gotcha. So the division doesn't matter. Whoever had the so money. then and hypothetically whole... speaking, if Vegas, Carolina, 
Washington and Toronto all win. Um, Vegas would play Vegas Toronto, would... and Carolina would play Washington. Yeah, and and on from and there. then tie breaks are there's seven tiebreakers. Fewer seven number of games eight. played, the greater number of games won, excluding no. games in overtime or by shootout. Uh, the the height of the Zamboni driver. That is the RW column. The greater yeah. number of games won, excluding games won by shootout. That's the ROW column. Gotcha. The greater number of games won by the club in any manner. Total wins. That's the W column. The greater number of games earned in points game. Well, wait a minute. The greater number of points <laughs> earned in games against each other among two or more tied clubs for the purpose of determining standing of two or more clubs that have not played an even number of games with one or more of the other tied clubs. The first game played in that city that has the extra game, the odd game, shall not be included when more than two clubs are tied. The percentage of available points are to pay in games among each other and not including any odd games shall be used to determine standing. That's tiebreaker number five. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to read six. Don't read seven. the others. But wait, oh, well, seven, seven is the height of the Zamboni driver, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, actually, the Zamboni drivers put on skates and come out and fight. <laughs> And they fight, right? Exactly. <laughs> Actually, they have to, they're driving their zambonis while they fight. <laughs> it's uh, a joust. It's a zamboni joust. That's right. It's like right. Uh, medieval, medieval, medieval times. Uh, yeah. Times on the end of oh, uh, let, let me throw this at you in the uh, category of uh, they're not rich enough already. Uh, the PGA is now going to set up a forty million dollars slush fund, which they're going to give out to players. Going to be distributed based on their being. Good for the game of golf, i.e., popular. Really? Hey, hey look, yeah. I, I, we we don't mention Slush golf very fund. often, but no, we, we've never mentioned golf. Uh, Hideki Matsuro, whatever his, his Hideki name is. Hideki Matsui, M- not Hideki Matsui. <laughs> Matsuzaka. 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 Yeah. I mean, that was a huge, huge win. And I'll tell yeah. you what. Uh, what's his name? Was also what is he? Twenty four years old. Came within one shot of oh, yeah. coming back. Yeah. I don't watch golf very often, but I found this year's Masters, especially with the weather and you know all the slick greens and whatever else, you know, uh, I thought it was pretty, pretty, pretty incredible. And what that, I bet that guy's going to light the torch at the Olympics in Japan. I really do, I and mean, I think it's that big of a deal. First yeah. Japanese player to ever win uh, yeah. a major. Uh, Golf tournament, I mean, and, and it and it was a great win because he was kind of falling apart. Well, I wouldn't say he was falling apart, but he, he was, well, he was giving up strokes. He was. He made a great save on fifteen, but he was giving up strokes. And right. there have been plenty of guys who have watched three and four stroke leads slip away to slip either away. lose, yeah, easy, easy or to, watch or three, to end up going to playoffs and stuff. But he yeah. hung on and uh, got it done in the in the last uh, couple holes there. So uh, to me, that was a very impressive win. It was. Yeah, and uh, so, some some and, new and blood. He'll probably get some. He'll probably get some of that forty four forty million dollars. Forty million dollars slush fund. Yeah, Zal- Zalatoris, uh, Will Zalatoris. I mean, God, I mean, I, he's he's got the potential to be the next big young star in 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 golf. I really do. I think I think that. Yeah, he could be the next Sergio Garcia or. No, Sergio, Gar- Howell, Sergio Howell, Garcia Howell was pretty big for a long time, though. He was. Yeah, but not for really winning anything. Exactly. No, he won a couple majors, Sergio. He won a couple, but he never really fulfilled his potential. But, you know, a lot of that is the hype of the well, media. A lot of these guys never 
fulfill there. I mean, you, you said there was, that about there was a lot of guys that came around time. too. Like there was a lot, there was there was a lot of talent, right? You know, during that time too, and 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 newer guys coming up. What's the what's the other kid that came up uh, uh, after Sergio Garcia? Uh, say his name. I know. Uh, damn it, That's Rory McIlroy. No, no. Uh, Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. Yeah, uh, you know, and and Rory McIlroy and and all of them, you know, they they were all. It's like they were like one right after the other. So Brooke, was, Brooks Kepka was a little bit after that, but right. he was another guy who Ricky Fowler know. is part of that group. I right. mean, they said the same thing about Phil Mickelson for years. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, now he's you know, kind of the after Tiger dropped off, he became the you know the, the well, so-called number one golfer. But yeah, yeah, Phil's one of the greatest to ever play the game. He just, he's won forty four events, but yeah. it, but he never won a you know, a uh, masters for a long time. They're the only, he has five major championships, which is a lot, but for a time there, they were, that was his big, you know, criticism for a long time. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, he couldn't, uh, was it the open? He couldn't win or the masters. You know, five is a nice number, but it's nowhere close to no. 18, <laughs> you know? So, it's not. There's quite a gap there, but still, he's one of the best to ever play the game. He is. Yeah. He is. So yeah, there's very few people that can win that. I mean, you know, there's Jack Nicholas and, and Tiger, and then you know, it, it something gets, of a precipitous drop off. Yeah. You know, Walter Hagen. I mean, he's got 11, but I mean, yeah, it's 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 tough. It drops down. Yeah. Well, this is a lot, again. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of really good golfers out there, and 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 all of those uh, in that time, you know. After Tiger, post Tiger, uh, Sergio, Rory, Jordan. Oh, yeah, Rory's got four. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. there's Brooks Kepka's got four. Uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I haven't really yeah. followed golf in a long time. I, I I thought this this year was pretty exciting, especially that that Sunday, that last round was was fun. I'm actually yeah. I'm actually hoping to get out for the first time this year on Saturday morning. So. I'm gonna make sure you really aim it well at the windmill. It's this time of year, the, the wind's not blowing that hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, by the way, the Oscars, uh, the Oscars are on Sunday. Oscars are on Sunday, yeah. So I'll be watching that. I wish they would do it on Saturday because I can't stay up that late. You can't stay up till yeah. Because yeah, the Oscars, they, I mean, they're, they're scheduled to end at 11, and they always end at a quarter after 12. So They yeah. have they have this thing called the DVR or uh, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to put on your Oscar gown and try to stay awake? Probably. <laughs> you're not having Probably. A, you're not having an Academy Awards party? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Did you, you guys ever... watch the Grammys by the way? No. No. I, I haven't, I haven't no, watched the Grammys I, I have, in years. I haven't watched the Grammys since I think Michael Jackson it, w- w- had I, thriller. It was I, it was I don't know, it was just it was strange. It's horrible. It was it's, it was just a yeah, it, I don't it's, know. It's it's I I I got to take that back. I actually did thumb through <laughs> When I say thumb, you know, remote thumb yeah. through the uh, the Grammys. I put them on, and then you know, got nauseated within a minute and a half, and turned it off. And then yeah, twenty minutes later, just, put it on know. again. And it I, just it, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And uh, will you guys? Uh, will you watch any and I'm of not, these Oscar I'm not, movies? I'm not saying I'm old. I'm saying, oh, you know, no, it just of, sucks. It sucks. It's it really sucked. bad. <laughs> it always sucked. It always sucked. Yeah. Um. I. I. What is it with the Oscars, and why does every film have to be completely depressing and uh, something yeah, that no one will ever watch? It, it I don't even know what. To be honest, I don't even know what's nominated. I've probably yeah. seen at least. I'm a sure. Well, I'm half sure. everything that everything was like straight to uh, 
straight to uh, Netflix or or whatever, right? Cause yeah, I know. I still have love. Year. I can now. I now I go in the uh, the um, category of the uh, movies uh, in theaters is one of the genres, <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, <laughs> and it's the new releases that you know they don't you used to have to kind of wait for a good uh, for a a good copy to come out, you know. Yeah. But now it's as soon as the movie comes out, it's but that that's going to be ending because they're they're going to start opening up. They'll start opening the theaters, again. And yeah. I got a question for both of you. I mentioned McDowell's before. Obviously, it was a nod to uh, to uh, Coming to America. Did either of you watch Coming to America? No, no, I did. Was it good? You know what? It it it. If you want to, if you want to wax nostalgic about the first movie, it was good. Just as a movie on its own, it is what it is. You know, yeah. it was it was it horrible, horrible. No, was it, it better was or worse, worse than Eddie Murphy singing? So if you want to take it and no, uh, no, it was, it was good. It was good. There was a lot of cute things in it. There was a lot of really good nods to the first movie. Uh, they explained some things of how they brought, you know, what they did to light uh, from the first movie. They actually had a few flashbacks, um, which was obviously difficult to do because now you get a flashback. So they had to film those flashbacks with people that were 30 years older than they were, right, you right, know, right, then right. when they made the first movie. But um it was it was interesting it was cute so it was better than party all the time it was better than party all the time um yeah my girl wants to party all the time party all the time that was a rick james jam rick james produced it eddie murphy sung it yeah rick james rick james sang the backup vocals which were really the best vocals on the track i want to party all the time that was was so terrible i know okay all right let me ask you this go ahead go for it because we're only at the 308 mark. It's, uh, we, we got another hour. <laughs> talking to a friend of mine about the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys, go for it. Uh, I don't get it. You, I know this. You don't get the Beach Boys? Have you seen they them? They love the Beach Boys and all well, this. They were, they were really groundbreaking. Pet Sounds is a great album. I would say if you want to... I, yeah, I am more I, fascinated by the, the Beach Boys than their music. But here... He, I would say okay, that, see, that I, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. But if we didn't have the Beach Boys, we wouldn't have the Ramones. And so, why do I love the Ramones, who are basically a punk rock Beach Boys? Yeah. But yet, sometimes the Beach yeah. Boys drive me nuts. It's that keyboard, the dee dee dee, that thing that David Lee Roth copied for his solo shit. It's that happy keyboard shit going on and everything. But there's two documentaries that, or two films. One's a documentary. One's a film. The Brian, the movie about Brian Wilson, where John Cusack plays him as, a, as an older Brian Wilson and right, the, right. the guy, great film and mm-hmm. kind of an interesting insight into him. And then the the documentary about the Wrecking Crew is fantastic. That, those are the guys who played on most of the Beach Boy albums, the actual musicians, including Carol Kay and some of those. There's great documentary, and and not that it's about the Beach Boys, but there's a big chunk of it that obviously is not about that. that. And it's it's really worthwhile. But Maybe going back, going back and listening to the Beach Boys now, mm-hmm. I have a greater appreciation for them. There was sure. something so saccharine about mm-hmm. the Beach Boys that I couldn't appreciate it. Yeah, but, that's but, that's why I can't stand but, them. I actually, the saw, I actually saw them twice. Yeah, and when <laughs> to me I, it's just the same surfer bullshit cheesy. Right. I've and I've listened to and I've listened to Pet Sounds. But that's what it three yeah. or four times. I just can't. 
They're just, they're they're know. nowhere. Best, they're not. They're best. not. They're not the Beatles. They're not the Stones. They're not the Who. They're not. No, like, no I wasn't expecting them to. Right. I mean, I know. I know it was a crazy. It was bubblegum pop and, in the '60s, is what it was. But yeah, it's but, really. If you really, it's really, really well done. Yeah, no, yeah, it's really well. yes, it's that well I can appreciate. Best yeah. instrument ever used in Good Vibrations. Have you guys? Uh, the theremin. Yes. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Have you guys seen the? Um, I get around shred. No. <laughs> Look that up on YouTube. That's I get around movie. shred. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think God. Uh, I think God only knows is is is. Uh, there's now there's a few Beach Boys songs that I like, mm-hmm. which their names escape me right now. But most of it, I just can't stand it. I yeah, think it, you I, know what it was. I think I, it's, it's the it's, lyrics to a lot of them. I just yeah, feel like they're just a lot of and Kokomo. Oh God! Ruined. Well, whenever John I, John was, Stamos was involved, it was horrible. Yeah, and that oh, was, my but, God. Uh, but that was that was for. I mean, they did that. They didn't. That wasn't a single that they took. They did that yeah. for the movie. No, I understand, but that you was know. all. Oh, it was it was ruined, just ruined any chance I had of really, yeah. you know. But listen to the vocals in like I get around, and the harmonies were incredible. But really? I think yeah. that's also really. what drove me nuts about them. Yeah, is that it was just so, and and look, it was they knew he knew exactly what he was doing. Those songs were produced and mastered and mixed. To be heard on AM radios. Yep, and and they just jumped out. You can three seconds of a Beach Boy song, and you know it's a Beach Boy song. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but, yeah. So, well, well, there you go. And again, there I, we go. I, saw, I saw them twice, so that was pretty so next kind of, week. Kind of top cool. ten, top ten Beach Boy songs. Top ten Beach Boy songs. Little Saint Nick's my number one. <laughs> But uh... oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think I'm going to be sick next week. <laughs> I think we'll get the podcast going and I'll go, oh, COVID. <laughs> there will be no delay till Thursday. Top 10 Boston songs. Top but 10 but, but may, maybe songs. not a crazier, uh, more uh, just manic obsessive personality i mean i think brian wilson makes the guys in steely dan seem laid back a little bit i mean he was he was he was a genius i mean he really was yeah uh, i mean he's still alive he is a genius but yeah, uh, he is a genius yeah. uh, that that movie the 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 one about brian wilson with john cusack is, is a really good film i highly recommend it and what's right. the what's the thing to look at on uh, on youtube uh the wrecking crew no, 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 yeah. The, the, oh, uh, I get around. I get shred. around shred. Right? Shred, yeah, yeah. Shred, yeah. you have to do that. All right. I always love the mashups. There you go. Yeah, this uh, one is just. Uh, th- I think that there's. I forget. There's only a couple of them. One is the Beach Boys, and one is something else. I don't remember, but they're just. There's a lot of good mashups. Yeah, gut, good. gut yeah. busting, funny. Yeah. So, um, another good mashup that that I I always found ridiculously funny was. Uh, and good too was uh um was it uh i think it was crazy train and uh um uh what the hell is it i guess uh, uh damn it uh, it's an earth wind and fire song i forget it yeah that was ozzy um, and earth wind and fire but uh look for a, the the beach boys shred i get around beach boys shred i get around i'll have to look at it anyway all right we'll wrap the show up for today on that note check that out anyway all right uh it's not even 11 o'clock yet it's not i know 
We, uh, we want to thank everybody for watching. And for those of you just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website, www.logroom.com. That's L-A-G-E-R-R-O-O-M.com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at The Logger Room. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday night at 730, uh, as opposed to tonight. But uh, it was a special one for you. And for those of you that want to just listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds and you'll never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a great rest of your week. Uh, have a great weekend. Watch a lot of sports. Uh, check that all in. Don't forget to uh, check out the uh, Academy Awards on Sunday night. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, watch, uh, watch, watch a Sunday night baseball game. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, guys. Cheers. Peace. Look at little She's talking to the police. Look at the in my jumpsuit. Throws her a great